three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, Elite Heat is back. And Kevin, I must say, real quick, the WrestleMania 17 and 19 show, you're telling me he's doing pretty well and people are enjoying it? Is that what I'm hearing? That is exactly what you're hearing. People are loving it. You guys are playing it. Um, if you do stumble upon this podcast on all the platforms, Spotify, Apple, Pandora, Stitcher, give us a review or something so that way we can get into the algorithm. That would be fantastic and much, much appreciated. Yeah, pal. I just, I think that show was, a lot went into that WrestleMania 17 and 19 show. I know over on the old YouTube, the comments have been very positive about the detail we went into, the podcast platform, yes. you're playing it. So that's awesome. Um, keep playing, keep rating them, keep sharing. Means a lot for our show. So there's that, Kevin. But yeah, today we've got the top 10 WrestleManias ever. The format for that one, I think mm-hmm. you guys are going to enjoy. Uh, we argue over some stuff. We agree on some stuff. We discuss some of the best WrestleManias of all time. Another good wrestlemania theme show. So you guys should enjoy that, Kevin. Uh, a, li- a little teaser. I challenged Jimmy on his stance on WrestleMania 30. I took out a task. So that, that's one thing to look forward to that I think you guys will like. Yeah, and my placement of WrestleMania 28, I think no one will agree with that, but, um, you know, go, go, have a listen. Keep, keep listening. So, Kevin, there's that. But firstly, as we do, as is our tradition here, we're going to discuss a bit, a bit of extra, so current wrestling, things that's going on, just being a nice topic on relevance. So, Kevin, where do you want to start us off? Okay, can we start with dynamite? I, I'm excited to talk about this uh, this whole bar mitzvah segment. I, I can't hold my excitement anymore, pal. Well, Kevin, just before we start, yeah. I just want to say it was dynamite. So great show, really enjoyed it. Tony Khan's amazing, great show. Yes, yes, of course, it was a great show. Of course, dynamite, fantastic, two hours. Loved every second of it, pal. <laughs> well, that being said, this opening segment. And they opened the show with MJF, MJF's Bar Mitzvah. And it was quickly interrupted by Jungle Boy Jack Perry. And then Sammy Guevara came out. And then shortly after that, Darby Allen came out. So the clear direction here, and, and Tony Khan is making it very clear for his audience, for those who, you know, you may have some dwindle of doubt. But no, he made it very clear. After Revolution... Dynamite, the main event scene of Dynamite is moving forward with the future, with AEW homegrown talents. No more WWE rejects for the moment. And on one hand, I'm interested to see where it's going. But on the other hand, I don't know if this was the best representation of what is going to be the main card of AEW. And not even because it's the guys that are involved. It's the way they went about this promo. Essentially, Jungle Boy came out and was like, oh, like literally what he said, not word for word, but to paraphrase, he's like, I've been in mid-card hell since I started in AEW. I was in a year-long feud with Christian, and my dad's famous, and I want to make him proud. So I want to become AEW champion. I want to beat MJF. And then Sammy Guevara comes out and is basically like, I spent my whole time in AEW in the mid-card. He literally said word for word, verbatim, I was the job guy. (laughs) <laughs> for the inner circle he's got the guy that was doing that was bumping around literally this is what he's saying i'm bumping around i'm the guy that flew around the ring i'm the athletic guy amongst a bunch of old guys in the jericho circle and then later the jericho appreciation society 
And then Darby Allen comes out and is like, I'm tired of being in Sting's shadow. I'm tired of being Sting's mentor or mentee. <laughs> so this is the three, the three top guys of AEW, along with the AEW champion. This is what we're being told. And they're coming out talking about how they're mid-card champion, or they were mid-card for life guys, job guys, guys that do the bumps, guys that hang around legends to, to get relevant. Like that, what, how is that, how does that build? I don't want to be too, like, too hyper negative. Try to be reasonable. Like, how, how does that build up the future of these three guys? How does that build up your future stars? I'll pose that question to you. Well, Kevin, we like to be as kind of fair as possible on this show. And this is the sort of thing, what you've just read out there, and that, that literally happened. That's not us saying over-exaggerating or saying something that didn't happen. That's literally what happened as well in the segment. Something like that happens in WWE. Kevin, we were talking off recording. You mentioned a great example, which I'll you know, feel free to give us again here. Yeah, so it's kind of like in the build-up to WrestleMania 29, when CM Punk came out, I was like, I want to challenge The Undertaker to a match at WrestleMania. And then Randy Orton is like, no, I want to challenge The Undertaker to a match at WrestleMania. I'm a main eventer. I haven't done anything. You sit down, Punk. You've been WWE champion. And then Sheamus comes out. I was like, I want to challenge The Undertaker because I'm Irish, fella. And then Big Show comes out. It's like, I'm Big Show. I deserve to challenge The Undertaker. I'm still a big deal. I'm a superstar. And then that segment was so bad that a writer allegedly got fired within like an hour after the show going off the air, whoever wrote that segment. And like that was the buildup for The Undertaker's WrestleMania match. This is prior to the streak being broken. This is 2013. Yes. This is still when The Undertaker literally is the draw of WrestleMania. Yep. And that's the, the buildup. Philip Jack Brooks just being like, hey, I want to wrestle him. And then three other wrestlers coming out saying, no, I want to wrestle him. And then they had a fatal four-way match on Raw. And people were shitting on that segment. And AEW kind of does something similar, and people praise it. And I get it, it's similar, it's, it's similar but it's not the same. Mm. So I understand that. Um, but for me, I want to say this too. When I look at those four guys involved, MJ, actually three guys, because MJF's already champion, a made guy. He's going to WWE next year. Yep. I look at those three guys, Jack Perry, uh, Sammy Guevara, and Darby Allin. Jack Perry is the one that has the most mainstream appeal, so he's not going to win the, tape, the championship because Tony Khan doesn't want that. Like, Jungle Boy is a guy you could put on whatever, Fox News. You could put him on a, on a talk show, Good Morning Today, and you could be like, wow, Luke Perry's son is here. For those of you who don't know, Luke Perry's son is a famous wrestler. He's AEW champion. Yeah. So, that yeah, good publicity, good PR. Tony Khan wants none of that, so you already know Jack Perry is not sniffing the title. <laughs> but... So, like, realistically, who can you see being, like, a big star out of those three guys? Um, so, outside of MJF, outside, so we're, we're talking about the AEW pillars, Kevin. The pillars of AEW, yep. the guys who are the, the future, the, the big stars, the big deals. As you say, MJF. Yeah, Jungle Boy, Darby Allin, and Sammy Guevara. Well, not not Sammy Guevara, I can tell you that much. Um, Darby Allen, can you imagine him representing AW and Jimmy Fallon? Yes, I, I can see I can see Tony Khan doing that. Oh my gosh! Um, no, I can see it. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, pal, I just want to say because obviously MJF's a 
a made star now. Like they've they've successfully made MJF. Now, granted, outside of like the wrestling bubble, how big a star is he? Waits to be seen. Give that some time. Um, but as far as the, in the wrestling circle, he's a, he's a made guy at this stage, which is really good. Tick to AEW. Hats off there. Um, he's in my opinion, no debate going to WWE next year. I don't think he has any respect for Tony Khan, genuinely the person, whereas Triple H, he grew up idolizing. He grew up watching WWE. He loves Triple H. Triple H is one of his favorite wrestlers, along with Ric Flair. And WWE, his best buddy Cody's there. You've got, you know, a whole world to conquer in WWE. In AEW, he's literally, he's feuded with all the top, top guys, basically. He's been world champion now. What more is there to do? Wrestle more indie midgets? Like, come on. I don't want to use the term indie midgets, but because that's a very broad general term, very kind of, you know, oh, they're not that small, but it's more so in the sense of these guys, they're just not compelling enough for MJF. MJF, you need compelling acts. And for him, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, I look at the guys WWE building at the moment, Triple H is trying to make into stars. There's so much for MJF to do over in WWE that I look at it in AEW and the prospect of him having a, a world title feud with Sammy G, Darby Allen, and Jack Perry, pal. It's, uh, just, uh, I personally don't feel any need to see that, Kevin. I don't know about you, but for me, none of those guys versus MJF is at all captivating for me. Is there a way that they could make it captivating? They need to get creative. They need to get creative. And I, what I mean by creative is, let's say MJF is feuding with Jungle Boy. I don't know the, the storyline you do. I haven't written down a three-page fantasy booking for it. I don't know. That's the AW writers and Tony Khan's job. And all the book is there to figure out. But there's something that goes beyond, I wrestled Christian for two years and I was in the Jurassic Express with Marco Stunt and a literal six foot five guy who dressed like a dinosaur. I should wrestle you and win the title, a double or nothing MJF. And MJF being like, and just whatever, cutting whatever MJF promo MJF cuts about car crashes or Liv Morgan or whatever, you know? Like, it, it, there, needs to, there right. needs to be some, something of substance besides, besides what Tony Khan does where... Jungle Boy and MJF are going to have a great match. Like the rest can just, they can figure it out and spend six weeks on TV doing whatever. But they're going to have a good match at the pay-per-view, pal. So, yeah. There you go. And real quick, pal, what's your honest thoughts on the Elite and Hangman Page seemingly teasing a um, a reuniting at the end of the show? Cinema. Kevin, I saw that yeah. on social media. Yeah. People were freaking out about that, you know, and saying, like, that's better than the bloodline. That's the, the best thing. I was like, like, they did one segment. They teased something. So cool. I guess that's better than the, the nine-month, ten-month bloodline storyline that we've seen, I guess. But I don't know. I don't, I don't want to just make it all comparison to WWE. I just want to just say with that, wait to see how that plays out with AW. Hopefully, it leads to something compelling. Hopefully, it leads to CM Punk coming back. And they're doing a whole storyline about Punk not being able to manage a target and the, the, the elite feuding with him. Hopefully it leads to that, because if it doesn't, waits to be seen. Hopefully it's good, but who knows? Kevin, over to you. There you go. Man, I don't really have much, like, a too, too, too much to say. I just know that this is the beginning of a slow burn storyline. 
where we're probably gonna get like now next week we'll get a backstage segment where hangman is like sitting at a bar and matt jackson comes in and just doesn't say anything just pays the bar tab looks at hangman walks away and then you know the following week we'll get another similar segment hangman's at at, at a grocery store buying sandwiches matt jackson comes in and is like what's up hangman talk to you next week live on dynamite and then next week then then we'll get that live on dynamite segment hangman will come out cut a five minute dialogue about how he misses the elite and he just he just needs to be his own star he needs to be his own guy and kenny omega will come out and be like hangman i respect you and then River prince wash repeat for the next like six weeks and then we'll get a match that everybody will give five and a half stars that, that's likely where this is going i, I don't know if cm punk is going to be the guy that that's going to be like coming back or he's gonna be a big surprise pal i don't know we'll see but let's talk about raw back then pal we need to address the uh the the cody roman the wrestlemania main event and the the tag title match everything's happening with that kevin because i've seen people saying cody is carrying the wrestlemania build thank god for cody Oh my God, Cody, this is so good. And I want to look at this in a, a fair, not like rose-tinted glasses lens, because I feel like as kind of podcasters here, our jobs would be a little bit sort of neutral, not just like, oh my God, I love this. But then again, I'm a bit Roman Reigns biased, I must say. Reigns is my guy. But that said, I look at this Cody stuff, Kevin. On Raw, he has a match with LA yeah. Knight, cuts a promo, a, a passionate one-minute I'm going to prove myself at WrestleMania. I'm going to overcome Roman. Like, you know, babyface stuff. Good promo. And nothing wrong with that. And then, on Kevin, on SmackDown, I want your thoughts on this, and I'll pass to you in a moment. Cody comes out. He, he comes out to open SmackDown, which I've, I've found that weird. I'm not used to saying that. I'm used to either Roman opening the show or something Bloodline-related for literally, like, two and a half years opening SmackDown. So Cody comes out to open right. SmackDown which right away, to me, felt odd. Um, he gets his usual reaction, whoa, which that's great, I must say. I love that part of Cody's entrance. He comes out, he goes, Kansas, what do you want to talk about? And then he goes, Kevin Owens, I want to talk to you, not at you. Kevin Owens, come on out here. Hey, Kevin Owens comes out. Then he goes, I want to talk to... <laughs> Sammy Zayn as well. Sammy, come on out. And Sammy comes out. I felt oh, like oh. I felt like I was watching a Miz TV. That was the only thing I felt watching that part. And then Cody goes, he's trying to get them on the same page. I get I get what they're using Cody as. They're using Cody as literally like the Miz in this situation, like the the one to try and either further or grow the friction slash, you know, connection between the two, that sort of thing. So Cody goes, <laughs> so Cody's trying to like you know, get them on the same page. He's like, Kevin Owens, seven years ago, and I was on my way out the door, and I was in the process of future endeavoring my own employer, which that was a weird line. Kevin Owens, I saw you. I saw your come up. I respect you, Kevin. Backstage, we were buddies. I respected you, Kevin Owens. And now we stand in this ring, and Kevin Owens is about, like wants to hug him, and then Sami Zayn starts shouting and trying to plead his case why Owens should be his friend at WrestleMania. And the segment set up, a good ending to the show. I'm not going to throw shade. It was a well done ending. The, the night long storyline was good. Um, but I just want to throw to you, Kevin, your thoughts on Cody opening SmackDown, 
you know, being the main act on Raw this week, being really the main star for a week, this is what we will probably see if he wins a WrestleMania going forward. What were your thoughts? Where are you at with the WrestleMania main event? Talk to us. The codes there, pal. <clears throat> so, it's a lot to unpack. For one, we, we predicted this, that this would happen. We knew what would happen based on watching AEW, you know, based on watching Cody as a main event guy, watching him cry and feuds over Anthony Agogo and um, uh, what's the guy, the guy, the perfect 10. Uh, Sean Spears, yeah. Sean Spears. What, what? Yeah, watching Cody cry over guys like Sean Spears, Anthony Agogo. And we literally, word for word, create a storyline where in nine months time in, at TLC 2023, Cody would be crying going into a, a match with Kevin Owens, talking about how he has t- a ton of respect for Kevin Owens. He shook his hand at a ring of honor tryout. You know, Cody came in to talk to his ring of honor class as like the big WWE star here, here to tell these kids what it's like to be in the business. He saw Kevin Owens, met him. and was like, yeah, you're the, you're going to be the face of WWE in 10 years. I know it, pal. And sure enough, we pretty we got exactly what we what we called, but we didn't get it in December. We're getting these segments in March, which I bet for me that that's the red flag right there. Like creatively, they already hit a point where they got nothing else for Cody, where he's just like like Cody. To me, how do, how do I say this in, in a nice way? Cody was like, hmm. He was like an extra in this bloodline storyline. Yes. So I know some people like the way they use Cody. I'm not really sure what there is to love about what Cody did. All he did was get Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens talking. He really wasn't a star of the segment. And then at the end, when they're hugging, we flash to him crying. He's like watching his children like grow up or something. He's crying, looking at Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens hug. And... It, yeah, he like he feels like an extra, and he's the guy that's gonna walk into WrestleMania, and he's presumably gonna beat Roman Reigns. I mean, he's a heavy favorite. He's like a minus five hundred favorite right now, as at the time of this recording. Yeah, to beat Roman at WrestleMania, and he's being used as like a pawn to further another storyline that isn't really relevant to him. My, for me, my opinion, they could have done this without having Cody there. They could have done exactly what they did the first opening segment. You could have had anybody else. You, you could have had, I don't know, you could have had Adam Pierce come out there and say, oh, these are my buddies from, from ROH. Let's get them here in the ring. Let's get them talking. And it would have accomplished the same thing that Cody accomplished. And, and it was just like, it was having Cody on the show for the sake of having Cody on the show. When you don't have Roman there, which, you know, he's going to be on Raw, so he's not going to be... He wasn't on SmackDown last night. So it makes sense. But you don't have Roman there. Do you need Cody there, too? Do you, did, did we really need a Cody appearance on SmackDown? I, I don't I don't really think so, to be honest. I, I think it would have been better if he had just stayed off the show. Well, Kevin, I'll play devil's advocate just for a moment, because I can... I know the counter-argument to this, and I, just want to, I think we should address it before the comments blow up and everyone freaks out. Cody was there mainly because he wants Owens and Zayn on the same page so they can all, as a united front, take on the bloodline, basically. Because Cody's taking on the big boss, the top G, Roman, and then the Usos are going to be taking on Zayn and KO. So 
in fairness, there's that. But I, I 100% agree with what you're saying there. This segment, the way Cody, I, I don't know. I'll be reading too much into this, Kevin. I, I'm sure we'll have people say, oh my God, you, you're, you're hating everything, freaking out. But that, Kevin, this is what we discussed for an hour in Is Cody Rhodes a Main Eventer? This is literally what we talked about because beyond Roman Reigns, who, by the way, once again, in that segment with Cody Rhodes two and a half weeks ago on SmackDown, their face-off, I genuinely, I watched that segment back. Roman Reigns was that far clear of Cody Rhodes. It was, it was borderline uncompetitive for most of the segment. When Reigns finished his like three minute long promo, Cody was like genuinely, oh, okay, wow. Well, that's what the, that's what the thing face to face with the big G looks like. Okay. How do I go from here? <laughs> right? Like Roman was right. just that far clear and Cody in that moment, uh, <laughs> it felt a bit of a shoot. Like he knew he's like, oh, now, now I'm in deep water. Like I, I can, you know, like like I can mess around, but like now I've found out, sort of thing. Like that's what it felt like. And to me, Kevin, I just want to make this take. Maybe it's my Roman Reigns fandom. I don't think because Cody hasn't done a lot wrong per se. This is the thing. We're not like hating Cody for the sake of hating it. I'm not hating it. All. I'm trying to be fair with what I'm watching. I don't want, and I'm not ready for Roman Reigns to lose the title. I'm just not. And I know the counterpoint is well, who is going to beat him? I don't know. Kevin, I do not know who is the guy to beat Roman Reigns. I don't... But I watched this segment and watched this SmackDown. This is what a SmackDown will look like when Roman's out of the picture after WrestleMania. This is what it will look like. Cody will come out. There'll be something involving Zayn and Owens. You'll have the Usos out there, and then there'll be some other stuff, Then that's about it. No Roman. Kevin, SmackDown last night is what post-WrestleMania SmackDown will look like, and I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for Roman's 930-day championship run to end. I'm just not. Which feels incredible to say because he's nearly three years into a run. I'm not ready for it to end. I, I don't want it to end, Kevin. I don't. Just, that's just me. So now here's the question that will make, will make things unsettling here. Is this a reflection on Roman? And his status as a top guy because this is like like we've seen this now for years roman has been he's made a man it was seven wrestlemanias and he's been given every hall of famer you could possibly imagine working with he's wrestled the undertaker he's wrestled brock three times edge daniel bryan and his wrestlemania main events the only one that was intriguing was a triple threat match is this are we not looking at this enough where it could be the other guy that's just not able to get people up to his level? Yes and no. I think no in the sense of when you watch the show week to week. Well, When I watch the show week to week, so I'm going to speak for myself, the listeners may think otherwise, you may think otherwise. When I watch the shows week to week and Reigns comes out and his presentation nowadays, he's the best thing going the act is by far better than anything else that, that bloodline act feels and mainly just roman's role <clears throat> feels like such a big deal so in that sense from a week-to-week show perspective which is how i view you know what i'm watching here the range is just the you know by far better than anyone but what i said what you're alluding to kevin is his more so wrestlemania and we can discuss SummerSlam and royal rumble and all, all these other shows his, I guess. Oh, uh, uh, hold on. Before I'm sorry. Before you go, mm-hmm. let, let me say this too. 
you, you used the, the phrase yourself. You said Roman clears Cody. Yeah. By far and away. Yes. So forget forget Roman's forget Roman's WrestleMania past. Forget his SummerSlam past. Well, let's look at his title reign. That that that's a common theme in just about every storyline he's been involved in. You look you look at what he faced McIntyre going into Survivor Series 2020. And the promos and the build up to that match, it, everybody was like, "Wow, Roman is like here, and McIntyre is like way down here." And he was at that time he was the second, like pretty much the second guy in the company. Yeah, like he was just underneath Roman. You look at it with Daniel Bryan. You look at it with Cesaro, even Edge to an extent. And Edge held his own more in the build for Money in the Bank than everybody else did, but it was still like, "Wow, Roman is like that guy. He's clearly above that guy." And maybe Roman is not that great at putting people over. I think, I mean, if you just look at the past and, and his track record, I, I think there's some, uh, there's some weight to that argument. Well, Kevin, <clears throat> my counterpoint to that will be which top star in WWE, so we're talking like Cena, Austin, <laughs> Hogan, which of those guys could you say was, oh, he was great at putting people over? Because I've seen people make the case, Austin never put anyone over. I've seen people say that. I've seen the same thing about Cena up until about 2016. Like, really, Cena's run as top guy. One of the big themes I saw was people say he, he wouldn't put people over. Like, no one really got over. And the same criticism is fairly put on Roman here. And, well, not, not to say what you're saying is criticism, but the same kind of point you're making about Roman applies there. And Hogan was the same. Like when you're in that role in WWE, it, it, it's ra- it's rare that you're someone who just really consistently puts people over. To to say that, I think it's fair. And and what what I mean by putting people over is not like 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 taking the pin, <coughs> shoulders down on the mat, one two three, staring at the lights. I mean making the audience believe in your opponent as being a, a credible threat to you and your, your status as a top guy, your status as a champion. And I, I personally think guys like, like Triple H and guys like Cena were great at that, you know? Like, like Cena, he, you know, Cena could make just about anybody feel like an important opponent when they're in the ring with him. He, bro, he, he made Rusev's career, he, he made Bray Wyatt's career and like that's just two names that come to mind. Those guys, yeah, you could say they were quote unquote buried by Cena. But Rusev, realistically, if Rusev doesn't have that that four month long feud with Cena, and Cena makes him feel like a credible, legitimate threat to his star status, Rusev would have been future endeavored by 2016. You know, now Rusev's making a living, living off of that run essentially with Cena, where he had the cool entrance at WrestleMania 31. You know, he was made to feel like he's on the same level as Cena. And Triple H is another one. But the Booker T aside, just about anybody else Triple H got in the ring with, he would, he would say things in a way where he would build them up and make them seem credible or he, where, like he would fear them, whatever it was. Benoit, Batista, Orton, you know, who, who like, like it just feels like Roman Reigns. I don't want to say selfish, I don't think that's the right word. No, it's not the but right word. But he's just not as, yeah. He's just it, it. just doesn't. It doesn't feel like I don't get that same feeling when you're watching a guy like, like, uh, like Cesaro facing Roman. 
I don't even think that that you would disagree with me. If it was if roles were reversed and Cena was facing Cesaro as the top guy, Cena would have made Cesaro feel like a credible challenger in a better way than Roman does. Yeah, and we saw that in 2015 as well. Like Cena and Cesaro, and they had these like it was like a 25 minute match, and Cena wins, and he's like afterwards he's like, wow, that guy is good, and then like put him over, that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, right. no, that's that that's fair. That's because yeah, it's the presentation of Roman. I think I don't know, Kevin. This this is a whole extra podcast in itself. We, we'll have these discussions after WrestleMania, especially. I feel like there's going to be plenty of time and plenty of months for us to really deep dive into this because mm-hmm. there's a lot to unpack here but that said kevin yeah smackdown this week you know the big thing i want to discuss one more thing before we transition into the uh the main podcast today the top 10 wrestlemanias the main event of wrestlemania kevin for night one um what do you think the main event of night one should be because there was a wrestling observer report from our pal Meltzer that it should be oh it's going to be Rhea versus charlotte for the women's title but then that got shot down. Other sources said that that's cap. Um, what do you think the main event should be? What would your preference be, pal? Uh, I mean, I think it has to be the Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at this stage. But realistically, you have no second top title because Roman holds both titles. Charlotte versus Rhea, like I get it, Rhea won the Royal Rumble. You want to have the uh, the women's Royal Rumble main event one night at WrestleMania? Okay, that's fine. But that's not going to be the best presentation of what WrestleMania is, you know? Mm-hmm. The, the, the best presentation of what WrestleMania is is putting the most important acts on television leading up to the show in the main event. And that's the Usos, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn. They've been by far the best acts on, on WWE TV. They've been better than Cody. They've been better than Roman. They've been better than all the, the females in the company. It, it's just is what it is. And those guys should main event. <clears throat> in my opinion, what, what do you think? Uh, <clears throat> I don't This is the thing. If it main events, I'm fine with that. <clears throat> Excuse me. If it main events, I'm fine with it. I'm not, I have no issue. That said, why does that have to be on night one? Why can't that be on night two? And it becomes the night two becomes about the bloodline, and it, like the, the whole night is about you. Maybe open the show with that, and Roman Reigns right off the jumps pissed, and like they, they can start the night off with a big WrestleMania moment on night one with the tag title win, and then you carry it on through the show that throws off Roman. There's backstage segments Roman screaming at the Usos. You got like Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens are celebrating, and you can put that all in one night. Kevin, I think what screams WrestleMania most for night one for the main event is John Cena, Austin Theory for the US title. And my reasoning is Cena's, <laughs> Cena's the biggest star of the last 20 years. He's the last household name. He's the last megastar. We know that. So you've got a guy as legitimate and credible as Cena. Then you've got Theory who, in WWE's eyes and in many people's eyes, is one of the future stars of the company. One of the guys who they're trying to make. The US title, you're going to elevate that. And just as well, we talk about how to end a WrestleMania night one. We saw it last year with Steve Austin and Kevin Owens. It, it was hard, it's hardly a match that, you know, 15 years down the line, you're going to say that was an incredible match. But it was really cool watching Steve Austin, potentially the last time ever wrestle. And that's much the same as Cena. Cena did an interview where he said, this could well be one of the last times or last time I do this. And that's why he's really taking it in much more now. You can make the whole thing that Austin Theory beats Cena and they have a pretty good match 
theory gets legitimized on the biggest <coughs> stage. Hollywood, the world's watching. And Kevin, WrestleMania night one can end with John Cena taking off the armband, taking off the cap, putting it in the ring and, you know, crying. Big farewell, big moment for Cena. Because Kevin, Cena has not had a WrestleMania moment end, really, because all these WrestleMania main events, Kevin, 29, he was getting literally booed when The Rock was telling him this is the guy. 28, he was sitting on the stage crying. 27, The Miz beat him. And WrestleMania 23, <laughs> 23, I guess, and 22. But that was 17 years ago. Like, I think Cena having a moment to end the show, everyone would love it. I don't think there'd be many people have a bad thing to say about it. It would go over better than Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. It'd go over... Um, Cause that's just me. Am I talking sense? What do you think? No, that's not that's not fair. I mean, Cena. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a literal main eventer. John Cena is a main eventer. Um, yeah, I, I I think that could work too. I'm not against that. Um, the only thing with the only thing with putting Cena and Austin Theory in the main event is people already hate Austin Theory. Like, they, he's already starting to get that hate where they're calling him overrated. You know, they're sending him death threats. They want him off the screen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that would be best for Austin Theory to just shovel him out to a main event when he's already, like, you look, you look at the two guys that are involved, and it's like Austin Theory is three, four steps below Cena. And I think that's being kind, saying he's four steps below Cena. And then you're going to make it all about John Cena? Like, Austin Theory is going to get the win, and then he's just going to be like, all right, bro, I'm out. Go ahead. Do your thing, Cena. Then you make it all about Cena. You close the show with Cena. Oh yeah. I, I don't think it it would have the same effect as the thirty eight night one main event had. You know, like Kevin Owens. Yeah, he's not a massive star, but Kevin Owens is already a made guy. People have no problem with Kevin Owens. People are gonna be watching that like, uh, Austin Theory. Like, like one, they're not even gonna be thinking about him because it's all gonna be about Cena. Like the next night, they're gonna be like, who is this guy? Austin Theory. Remind me. And like that, like. The bigger problem is that'll be a moment that he'll live on for the rest of his career. He'll be coming out like Paul Heyman after Paul ha- after Brock Lesnar beat Undertaker's streak. We'll have Austin Theory for the next eight and a half months saying, "I beat Cena for the U.S. title," and I don't think I don't know if that's going to be a good look. You know? Well, I'd argue at least if that happens, he'd have something because right now he has nothing, sort of thing. He has nothing to go off. Like, what is what is Theory going off as the character? This would be him beating his childhood theory, idol. Pal, A-Town down. This would be him beating his childhood idol. And uh, it'll, the main event, it's not really the main event because the main event's Cody and Roman, but like the, the closing match of night one. I just think it would work. And I just think people just love to go, oh, the, the Usos and Zanko must main event night one. Why does it have to main, why can't that open night two? Would that be the end of the world? I think that would flow better. You know, the whole bloodline thing unfold on night two. Night one can be like everything else. And then night two can be all about the bloodline. That's just that. That's how I'd do it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's apples and oranges. You can't go wrong either way with either one. <laughs> if if Cena and Theory main event, like yeah, it'd be cool. You know, Cena's a big star. Like the argument's there. Cena's the biggest star in the company. If he's literally a main eventer, so put him in the main event. The Usos, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, they deserve it just for busting their ass, making it, crafting this great storyline. So you put them in there. I I think that's also a better representation of the future of what WWE is going to be. So when people are watching the end of Saturday Night Show, you know they're going to see they're going to see all four guys on TV again in next week. 
you know, it, they're going to see like, oh, wow, this is like, they're going to watch the video package. People that haven't seen any of the past nine months storyline, they're going to watch the video package. They're going to be like, wow, this is good. Like, these four guys are good. Paul Heyman's involved. Roman Reigns involved. Like, this is a great storyline. What have I been missing? And they'll get that on and, night two. Yeah, they'll I, get that on night two anyway. Like, I don't know if you need both nights needs to be that. That's just what I'm saying, but I don't know. Well, well, I mean, yeah, but night night two, you're gonna get Roman and Cody. That's not, you know, they're not gonna be showing all the the great cinema stuff that we've been seeing for the past nine months. So I, I think it'd be good also too to give those four guys their own spotlight. I think it'd be just beneficial for the future, like I said. Mm, so yeah, do that what you will. I think, I mean, we've gone nearly forty minutes, pal. So I think we can uh, transition into our main main content. Would you say? Yes, sir. Hell yeah, pal! Top ten WrestleManias ever. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Elite Heat. Today, what we're doing, I'm looking forward to a lot. The top 10 WrestleManias ever. All right. This one, it does vary person to person. There is no one objective way of doing this. So we figured it would make a great podcast for you wonderful listeners, something that can give you some worthwhile content, some entertaining stuff, a bit of debate, because I know, Kevin, how we're doing this, and for all the listeners, I have written up my 10, Kevin's written up his 10, and some honorable mentions, and we're going to go through our lists. There's going to be a lot of clash here. Um, I've done, I put a couple in mine, not on purpose, because I actually do mean where I've put these WrestleManias, but I know Kevin's going to have a stroke listing some of this. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll throw it to you, Kevin. How you doing, pal? I'm good, pal. I just want to say my list is correct. Everyone else's list is wrong, pal. I'm like the Dave Meltzer star rating system. If you don't agree with me, F you, as one Philip Jack Brooks would say, pal. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. We are very inclusive here at, at Elite Heat. If you disagree, that's fine. If you think I'm an idiot, let me know. If you think Jimmy's an idiot, let him know in all caps. And yeah, nevertheless, pal, are you ready to discuss our top 10 WrestleMania shows of all time. Sure am, pal. And I think coming off the back of last week, which if you haven't listened to that show, I would thoroughly recommend. It's, I think, our longest Elite Heat <coughs> ever. There was so much stuff in that episode where we did WrestleMania 17 versus WrestleMania 19. We debated the, the GOAT WrestleManias. We discussed a lot of stuff about them, thorough reviews, breakdown, their legacy all time. And then, we, Kevin, we finished the show by talking about our Mount Rushmore WrestleManias, our best WrestleManias. So that leads us to that today, Kevin. Should be good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's kind of what like, triggered the idea in my brain to wanting to do this podcast. Originally, we were going to do something else, but I was like, that, pal. After that outro that we recorded on our WrestleMania 17 versus 19 debate, and we spoke about our top four WrestleManias, our holy grail of WrestleManias, yeah, I thought that was a good discussion, and it set the table. It set the bed, pal, for what we're about to discuss here. So you want to just get to it? I'll, I'll, I'll give you my list, and then you could go after me. How's that sound? Oh, so do you want to do honorable mentions first, or do you want to just go from, like, number one or no, yeah. number ten? Yeah, yeah, I'll do, do honorable mentions. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? Uh, I, we should read the criteria first of yes. what makes yes. a WrestleMania top ten all time in our minds. Yeah. So, one, it must have a top 50 match of all time. Like, if it doesn't have a top 50 wrestling match, not WrestleMania match, wrestling match, period, I, I'm not considering it. Like, like a, maybe at WrestleMania, I'll give you one of my honorable, honorable mentions now. <clears throat> WrestleMania 14. The, the crowning moment of the Attitude Era. The crowning moment of Austin. 
it kickstarted the biggest boom period in wrestling, but it didn't have a top 50 match of all time. And the right. show just didn't flow that well. They mm-hmm. were better WrestleManias in the Attitude Era. Or maybe just one better WrestleMania. But the Attitude Era wasn't that long, too, which I think is something that people maybe don't like hearing. Like, I think both of, both of our lists are probably going to be heavy Ruthless Aggression Era. And for me, and I, and I think you will agree, the Ruthless Aggression Era was the golden age of WrestleMania. I think that was the absolute peak of WrestleMania. I think, what, like six of my mine, my top ten are from the Ruthless Aggression Era? So, right. A little spoiler. Um, next thing. I'm the same. I'm the same. Well, actually, I'm like five, five or six. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, carry on. Yeah, yeah, the next thing, the main event cannot be awful. Like, we just, we can't have that. Like, WrestleMania 18, that's first, like, Triple H and Chris Jericho standards, and for WrestleMania main event standards, that's not a good main event. So, WrestleMania 18 is disqualified, pal. <laughs> that number three, third criteria. If the show is too long, it must be exceptional. That's mainly mm-hmm. for the later era WrestleManias. When did they start doing the super long shows? Was that 32? Was that, like, the first six-hour show? That had, like, 20 pre-show matches? <laughs> yeah 32 there was literally it was like eleven fifty p.m and then they had the dallas cowboys cheerleaders come out with a flamethrower and they hadn't even began the main event yet it went for like four and a half hours it was ridiculous yeah so thankfully i don't think either one of us will have anything from wrestlemania 32 on 32 and on on this list next thing next uh, we'll, criteria we'll see, yeah, we'll see about that but carry on oh god you're probably gonna put wrestlemania 33 on here <coughs> next criteria is five memorable moments so these wrestlemanias they have to have five memorable moments at least minimum and most of these will have more than five but they got to have five big time memorable moments whether that's a false finish whether that's an appearance from hulk hogan at 71 years old or whatever whatever the case may be next up kevin this this does that, that does vary now we're not saying each WrestleMania in these lists needs five, like absolute all-time great WrestleMania moments on the one show. It does vary. Um, obviously, some moments aren't as memorable as others, but five moments you look back on and you can think of within about thirty seconds and go, "That happened. That happened. That happened. That happened. That happened." That's a good way of doing it. Um, and when I say that happened, I mean something that happened that was you know, really good, memorable, a big-time moment, that sort of thing. Yes, sir. Could have said it better myself. And the next and final criteria is this one is a little bit, you know, a little bit cheesy or we're just making fun here to an extent. But I think it is real. Will I show this WrestleMania to my friends and family? Now, really think about that. Are you going to show your friends and family? For example, everybody loves WrestleMania 31. <coughs> Are you going to watch your friends and family to sit through? Especially think about it. Like if you're like 20 years old and your parents are like, 45 they grew up watching the attitude era are you gonna want to show them triple h burying sting you know or like are you gonna want to show people like i don't know wrestlemania 29 ryback versus mark henry oh my god are you gonna want to show people wrestlemania 2 mr t shoot fighting roddy piper i I don't know if you do more power to you but that's (laughs) like i just want to put that criteria in here because i think that's important we're looking at a great WrestleMania. I think a great WrestleMania is inclusive, is one that appeals to the masses that anybody can watch and be like, wow, yeah. that's a great WrestleMania. Like, for example, 
if I show a friend that's never seen any wrestling pay-per-views <coughs> or any wrestling matches or anything, I show them WrestleMania 17. They're probably going to be impressed that they're probably going to want to watch more wrestling. But then here's another one, a real-life example of mine. I had a WrestleMania watch party with some friends that a couple of them are wrestling fans, but a lot of them are non-wrestling fans. And we watched WrestleMania 34. That show did not make those people want to keep watching wrestling on a regular basis. They were not like, oh my god, I'm so interested in, in this show. Like, it, There was nothing really riveting on that card. But I digress, pal. Anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, I can give my own analogy to that. When I was at school, this was 2013, a bunch of my friends were actually watching wrestling at the time. Like Cena's there, Rock's there, Punk's there, you got The Shield, Brock. Like, there were a bunch of wrestlers who were watching. We watched WrestleMania 29, and none of us thought it was a good show. And this is when we were, like, younger. And this is when you realistically should be liking everything WWE's doing. Even then, we were like, that wasn't a good WrestleMania. So, yeah, we, um, there won't be a WrestleMania 29 appearance, at least on my list. Kevin, if that appears on yours, I'm ending our podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have there WrestleMania 29 somewhere in, like, the top five, pal. I mean, it, it, it may, it may so, have just edged out WrestleMania 10 or something like that. Yeah, so Kevin, just to clarify, criteria, so yeah, the top 50 all-time match, we'd say, um, or a match that's debatably top 50, just a, a really good all-time great match, at least five memorable moments, and then, you know, would you show your friends? Would you be proud to show this WrestleMania to someone? Or would you go, uh, I wouldn't want to put you through that? So There you go. Yeah. All right, pal. So I'm going to go ahead and give my honorable mentions so that you could give yours. Yep. So I have five honorable mentions. I already spoiled one with WrestleMania 14. Yep. I have mm-hmm. WrestleMania 20. Really, the only okay. reason why WrestleMania 20 did not make my top 10 is because of Benoit and just that okay. gray cloud. <clears throat> I have WrestleMania 5 on there because I think people that are like from that era would say this is a better WrestleMania than like 23, for example, where John Cena is getting booed out of the building. Or one that people may regard higher and five and then i have wrestlemania six uh this was pretty similar they're both built on hogan and then you have like hogan savage at five and then hogan warrior at six these wrestlemanias are similar to me and really aside from the main event there's not really much on the either one of these cards like the second most notable match for wrestlemania six is dusty rose and polka dots wrestling king savage or macho king no thanks. <laughs> yeah, so like there's there's one great match on both. Like I would say Hogan vs Savage and um Hogan vs uh vs Warrior for WrestleMania 6 are both top 50 matches of all time. But I mean, aside from that, like I don't think there's five memorable moments on either one of these shows. Yeah, no. That, that's like objective in the wrestling community that people look at like, wow, yeah, good moment. Obviously the people that grew up watching this stuff will look at it differently and that's fine. And, you know, you could call us young kids or, you know, criticize us however you want. But, yeah. Yeah. Then my last um, my last <clears throat> honorable mention is WrestleMania 31. Okay. I, I was close to putting this on the list. I, I, honestly, I was pretty close. But for me, it, <coughs> it came down to what was I going to take off from my list. And I, I just couldn't really justify putting 31 over any of the other 10 WrestleManias that I have. I, I thought... Like, it was a good show. Watching it live, it was better than expected because the build was horrible. We know the infamous build. You got Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar playing tug-of-war over a fake wrestling championship belt. You got Randy Orton for, like, six and a half weeks straight just coming out saying Seth 
I'm going to get my hands on you. And I can't even remember the build for Triple H versus Sting. Can you shed any light on what that build was? Uh, basically, Sting would come out every like two weeks and threaten Triple H with a bat and Triple H would cut 20 minute promos being like, Sting, you cost me my job at Survivor Series. That was the build for three months. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But but yeah, but the, the show delivered, you know, it has yeah. a memorable moment. Uh, arguably one of the, like, you could maybe say one of the top eight to 12 WrestleMania moments with that Randy Orton RKO and Seth Rollins. That was yeah. great. Like, that, that's what elevates it into the top 15 conversation for me. And the main yeah. event was good with the... Uh, actually, yeah, two big, like, top, what, top 12 to 15 moments <coughs> with the RKO on Rollins and Rollins cashing in Money in the Bank. Like, those yeah. have to be, like, in the top 15, right, for WrestleMania moments all the time. I mean, they're pretty good moments. I can't dispute that. They're both pretty good, yeah. But it's just like the classic matches. Like, are there any matches on this card that are top fifty all time? Yeah, that's that's debatable. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. There's like, not, there's not no. There, there was no classic match. Some, some people like Kevin. The Reigns Lesnar match is beloved by people. Mm. I've watched that match five or six times. I don't see it. I don't. I don't know. I, maybe I think it's because Seth Rollins cash in the end, and people just look back on it in such a fond light. Like the match was. It was Reigns and Lesnar was a good match. If we're doing stars, it was like three and a half stars. It wasn't some like five star amazing match. Well, like, it was better like, than their other two WrestleMania main events combined. Well, well, well okay. What well, color is the sky, Kevin? Like, of course it was, you know. But that, I, I, I'm just saying, I think that's why it's remembered fondly because of what it's compared to, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. So, just Kevin, just to clarify, so your honorable mentions, you had WrestleMania five. Yes, sir. WrestleMania six. Yep. Boy. Yep. WrestleMania 20? Yep. 31? And 14. And 14. Okay. Yep. Uh, I, I just want to go through the card real quick for 31 for people that are going to be like, oh, this is like a top five WrestleMania. Triple H versus Sting wrestled for 20 minutes. We had Kevin Nash, X-Pac, Scott Hall running out. Just like three of them could barely walk. We had John C. <coughs> sorry, John Cena versus Rusev. Undertaker versus Bray Wyatt. That was the yeah. co-headliner. AJ Lee and Paige versus the Bella Twins. Yeah. In a six-minute match, six-minute women empowerment match. <laughs> like, the only good matches on this show was the main event, which was Roman Reigns versus Brock, and then Seth Rollins making a triple threat after cashing in. And then the ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship that literally featured Daniel Bryan receiving CTE with headbutts from Nick Nemeth. Mm. I remember watching that cringing so much. Just being a big Daniel Bryan fan. And like he was out for eight months with a neck injury. And then he's back in his first match. Standing on top of a ladder. In the middle of San Francisco, California. Headbutting Nick Nemeth. And I was like, bro, he's going to be injured. Like, How could you watch this match and say Daniel Bryan's going to wrestle the next night? Or wrestle three months after this? Not a knock on him, but I was just like... I, I saw it. Like I knew he'd be out of action. Kevin, WrestleMania 31 is the most overrated WrestleMania of all time. I, I stand by that. I watched that show. This is, and this is as well, when I was maybe three, four years into my fandom, I'm still enjoying, for the most part, most of what WWE is doing. I watched that show the day of, and I wasn't blown away by it at all. Like, I thought it was a, it was a fine WrestleMania. It was, you know, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. There wasn't much there that you want to go back and rewatch. 
there really was not. Now, would, would you say it's still top 15, though? Well, I, I don't have it in my own way. I have it, like, between 15 and 20 all the time. Um, I just don't... I don't rate it that highly, personally. Um, but what, what, I think what, what you mean is, when you say overrated, like, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, this is top seven, top six all-time WrestleMania. Correct, yes. Correct. And it's just not. Like, this is just not on the level with, like, some of the greats WrestleManias that we're going to talk about. Yeah. So, Kevin, are you ready to hear my honorable mentions? Yes, please. Okay, so mine... I can't wait to hear your reaction to some of these. So, oh, God. for starters... Um, I'll start with what I consider so, 15. Can, I ask, can is, I ask you this real quick? I, you kind of answered yeah. it, but... So this is your 11 through 15. Yeah, this is... Well, I'm going to give you 15 <laughs> through 11. I haven't, like, okay. numbered it, but I, I've got a clear number 15, and then the rest of them are honorable mentions. Okay. okay. I've got WrestleMania 2000 at oh, you don't. 15. Oh, you now, don't. the reason... No, the triangle ladder <laughs> match... The triangle ladder match was exceptional, Kevin. Are you going to deny the Hardys, Edge and Christian and the Dudleys wasn't an incredible match? Is that a top 50 of all time? It's a damn, damn good match. Uh, It's uh, exceptional. Okay. Okay, It's a really good match. Okay. The main events, it features the stars. Booking's a bit eh. Fair. I'll cop that. But, you know. I I, I don't believe that you believe this is a top 50 WrestleMania of all time. Kevin. I don't believe you. I genuinely believe believe you. (laughs) I don't believe you at all. How dare you? Kevin, the triangle ladder match, the main event <laughs> featured the big stars, the triple threat match with Benoit, Jericho, and Angle for the mid. That was an enjoyable, really fun match. I like the hardcore stuff. <laughs> Bro, I, I hope you realize that, how many. That's two thirds of the show, Kevin. I, I hope you realize how many 41 year olds you're pissing off right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, pal, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I WrestleMania 31 at 15. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, that makes more sense. I had WrestleMania 31 at 15, as I said. I put it between 15 and 20. Um, mm-hmm. So I had WrestleMania 31. Okay. Uh, from here, th- this one I genuinely do believe is 14, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of fun watching it. Now, I know you're going to disagree with this. Oh, I had 37. God. I had 37 oh, there. Okay. Um, which I'm not saying it's top 10 or top 5. I'm not going that far. But I personally really enjoyed it. I thought the main events of both nights were exceptional, uh, specifically Reigns, Edge, and Brian. I thought that was... One of the great WrestleMania main events, um, uh, top five WrestleMania main event, I believe, uh, top three maybe. Uh, as far as the moments, I look at the rain stacking and pinning Daniel Bryan and Edge, two Hall of Famers. I look at McIntyre's entrance, the first entrance in front of fans after a global pandemic. Um, Bianca Belair and Sasha was historic for all the you know all the reasons. Two women of color main eventing. It was a big deal. The match was actually really good. I thought that was good. Bad Bunny, everything involving him was great. Um, and then the rain delay was a fun, memorable moment, which you were a part of, Kevin. So, yeah, I look back on that show fondly, not fond enough to have a top 10 or anything, like, really big hot take. But, um, yeah. Can I, can hey, I, can I do, about? like, two and a half minutes on this? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, I, I, listen, I would listen to your argument. Like, it's not the most egregious take. Like, I, I think it's fair if, you, if people want to place this WrestleMania highly. Um, yeah. I mean, I was there live. You know, I witnessed all of, every single match live, both nights. I was in attendance for. I was there for the the rain delay, as you mentioned, pal. And shout out to the Florida government. I didn't have to show a COVID test or anything to get into the show. They literally just took my temperature and they were like, they half assed did it. They were just like, oh yeah, you're ninety eight point seven. Go ahead, enjoy the show. Um, <laughs> so I throw that out there. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so then it was like the funny part was we're in the middle, of, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. We're what like a year in, yep, roughly. 
year and like one month since Rudy Gobert touched the microphone and gave the world COVID. Yep. <laughs> and like this during the rain delay, they shoved everybody into the the tunnels, into the like the concession stand area where the merch is and the, like the concession stand is. I have videos of me. You can watch it on my WrestleMania 37 vlog on my channel, where I'm scrunched around like 300 people. But hey, pal, social distancing. But then you know I I, I couldn't sit next to anybody. We had to have like fake people, cardboard cutout people next to me and my girl, because you know <laughs> social distance, pal. But we can stand scrunched together. I digress. Yep. Um. Yeah. I thought this show was really good. I loved it. Uh, I love night one. I should say. Bad Bunny, his entrance, his whole thing, like that's a a memorable moment. Drew McIntyre's entrance, memorable moment. Um, the Cesaro, the the swing, the airplane swing, the, the NFT moment, bro. <coughs> you know, Roman Reigns stacking Daniel Bryan and Edge, big moment. Yeah. But where this show falls off a cliff is night two. Night two, I, as I'm saying this, as someone who was sitting in the crowd, night two was borderline insufferable. <laughs> like Randy yep. Orton and The Fiend, I, I didn't even know what to say watching that live. I was like, what happened to Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt? Like, did Bray Wyatt die? Like, mm-hmm. why does Alexa Bliss have black gunk leaking le- uh, from her mouth? Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, it was tough to watch at points. Mm-hmm. The tag team match was brutal. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn was not that fun. Mm-hmm. You know, Apollo versus Big E was not fun. Asuka versus Rhea Ripley was not fun. Really, the only only thing that was fun was Sheamus and Riddle in the main event on night two. So that, I, I think night two is where the hesitancy comes for me, for, to put it so high, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, 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 that is fair. Um, if the night two matches were just better... And like you enjoyed it watching it live, you mean like, the night one. Put a, better, put a better product out. I think it would be oh, I yeah, see near yeah. enough objective. But for what it was, yeah, that's what disqualifies it from being top ten. I feel like like there was a lot of just not much on that night too. But elsewhere, they had the memorable moments. Um, they had you know two great, really good WrestleMania main events, and it was memorable because it was the first show in front of fans out of COVID. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, and, and, that's and it, it doesn't have a top fifty match either, though. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Kevin, you are. Uh, I want to make this point. Actually, no, I will, well, I will get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, Kevin, my next uh, honorable mention. You ready for this one? Yep. I've got 26. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 26. Um, okay. I thought this match or this show, the main event, Sean and Taker, I think that, that was an all time great WrestleMania. A very underrated WrestleMania main event. Yes. One of the most, old, one of the most underrated of all time because obviously the year before they had the best match ever. And this match was still, in its own right, exceptional. And really good. Um, I enjoyed Jericho and Edge with the World Heavyweight Title. I like that. Cena and Batista, enjoyable WWE title match. Uh, and the, really, where this show falls down is like, pretty much the undercard. There's a lot of just meh there, which is once again what stops these shows, which are honorable mentions, from being top 10. Um, because this show had a top 50 all time match with Taker and Sean in right. the Street vs. Career, it had that. Um, it had memorable moments across the board. I mean, the the Hart family abusing Vince 13 years after the screw job. I thought Ray and CM Punk was done well on the undercard, but a, a nearly 20-minute Triple H and Sheamus match, Jack Swagger winning Money in the Bank, Show Miz in the opener, stuff like that. I thought that was just... It, it cost the show from being top 10. 
Um, because yeah, the main event for this was exceptional. The, the theme song was great. The stage was one of the best WrestleMania stages, like that was in Arizona. But yeah, just it fell it fell off because of the undercard. Uh, can I read the card to you? Go for it. So the opening match of this show, this is the showcase of the Immortals. Five years prior to this match, Eddie and Rey Mysterio had arguably the greatest opening match in WrestleMania history. Sixteen years prior to this. Red and Owen had arguably the greatest opening match in WrestleMania history. This show just pissed all over the legacy of great opening <laughs> WrestleMania main events. We had Show Miz. The show oh. opened with Show Miz. For those of you who don't know, that was the big show in The Miz as a tag team. You can't figure it out. <coughs> they defeated John Morrison and R Truth for the, uh, the tag team championships. But yeah, that's your opening match on this card. Then you have Randy Orton. Absolute apex bald penis Randy Orton, PG era Randy Orton, facing Cody Rhodes in a diaper and Ted DiBiase Jr. in a triple threat match that nobody was asking for. I was watching at the time, nobody was asking for this. We had, could this be, am I wrong for saying this is the most underwhelming Money in the Bank ladder match that took place at WrestleMania? Easily. And there were, there were 10 wrestlers in it. There was too many wrestlers and Jack Swagger won. It was nonsense. Yeah, like listen to the participants that took place. In, uh, we're going to talk about some good Money in the Bank ladder matches soon. Listen to the participants in this one. Jack Swagger, Christian, Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, Evan Bourne, Kane, Kofi Kingston, Matt Hardy, MVP, and Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, not exactly an all-star team. Then you follow that up with Triple H and Sheamus having a 16-minute match for what reason? I don't know. Then Rey Mysterio versus Punk. If Mysterio lost, he'd have to join the Straight Edge Society and unmask. Um, oh. Yeah, then we had Bret Hart versus Mr. McMahon, Jericho versus Edge. <clears throat> then we had an empowering Penn Divas tag team match that went 3 minutes and 20 seconds. We had Edge's wife in there, The Miz's wife, Undertaker's wife, Eddie Guerrero's wife, um, Gail Kim, Kelly Kelly, Mickey James, so on and so forth. Yep. Then, this is where it steps up. We had... This is like a great one-two punch. If we're talking like co-main event and main event. Yeah. But the problem is, though, John Cena and Batista happened two years too late. Correct. It, that should have been the WWE title match at WrestleMania 28 or 29. I mean, well, not 28. Not 28. Not 28. 2008 or 2009 is what I meant to say. But yeah, 24 or 25. Either one of those would have been exceptional, but it really should have been the WWE title match at WrestleMania 24. Like, how those two guys never faced off until 2010 in a big program doesn't make sense to me. Those are the two phases of the company in the Ruthless Aggression era. Yeah. And then Undertaker, Sean, main evented. Uh, yeah, top 50 match all time. No debate yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, please continue with your list, pal. Yep. Yeah, uh, my next honorable mention, I got WrestleMania 22 um, as my next honorable mention. This show just does not have a top 50 match of all time. Mm. Um, the best match on this show is Sean versus Mr. McMahon and No Holds Barred, or you could say Edge versus Mick Foley in the hardcore yeah, match. Yeah, Edge versus Mick Foley is a top 50 match of all time, pal. No, it's not. It, it definitely it's is. Not. All right, but we're going to get to that. We're going to... We'll, 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 we'll take Kevin, that. Kevin, this has a we'll moment of Mick Foley being speared through the, the fire. Awesome. An all-time great moment, but that's not, that's not a top 50 match of all time. Yeah, we're we're going to table that discussion, not. pal. We'll, we'll table oh, it. for goodness sake. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll carry this on later. And then the main event was just 
an okay match with scene of the top baby face getting booed out of the building not an instant classic um but i've got to show respect <laughs> to the the event itself it was a you know a pretty good wrestlemania just all up as a show uh so it comes in as an honorable mention for me uh, and then kevin lastly i've got wrestlemania 30 as an honorable mention um i, I like too much about this show to not have an as an honorable mention uh, but that said, it is the most disappointing WrestleMania of all time with what they had available. Uh, this show should have been the Shield versus the Wyatt family, Cena versus The Undertaker, Batista versus Brock Lesnar, and you know the Yes Movement paying off you know, in a different type of way, and they could have done so much more. But nonetheless, it was still good. The opening segment was great. Triple H versus Daniel Bryan was great. I love the video packages of Monster and the Cena Bray Wyatt one. And then Daniel Bryan's moments are a great like memorable wrestlemania moment and then the streak breaking obviously but yeah there's, there's a lot of stuff in this show that just was not great the actual undertaker brock lesnar match was just bad the scene of bray wyatt match wasn't great and the wrong guy went over the shield match was not great um cesaro won the battle royal which was cool but that's about it and then there was a, like a really empowering vicky guerrero divas invitational which aj won so <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of a lot of not great, but just because of how the significance of the show and you know what happened on it, I have to put an honorable mention. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, there you go. I love it. All right, pal. So to recap, you have thirty-one, yep. right? You have yep. uh, twenty. Was it twenty-six? Yep. Um, and then you had yeah, obviously WrestleMania thirty, twenty-two, yep. and what was the fifth one? Uh, thirty-seven. Which thirty-seven. Right. Yep. Okay. Right. Right. Okay, so we Wait. have one honorable mention that is same. We both had 31. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you had, yeah, there's a couple that I have in, the, in my top 10 that you mentioned in your honorable mention. So this should be interesting. Yeah. I, I think I value five and six a little bit more than you do. Um, I value yeah. the nostalgia, the 80s characters uh, just a little bit yeah. higher, which is nothing wrong with that, you know, because you have, yeah, I, I would say six, five and six are both significantly better than 37 um yeah well they're very they're very different they yeah. are because i mean obviously they're done 30 years apart so it's it's they're apples and oranges um right. I personally i find and we'll, we'll you'll notice this with the list i have for the the next 10 uh the the early wrestlemanias weren't my personal cup of tea i know some people listening to this may hate that and they may think five of the best 10 wrestlemanias of all time happened in the first decade of the event but to me i just I wasn't a big fan. I, I've gone back and watched those shows thanks to the network. And it's just, you know, they're, they're not a cup of tea for me, but it's just personal preference. Let's roll on. Yeah. Give us your honorable mentions again one more time. Yep. So just to clarify, uh, this is just in the order of you know, chronological when that, when they happened, uh, WrestleMania 22, 26, 30, 31 and 37. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I have five and six over three of those WrestleManias, which is, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe i have one of those higher than they should be but i think the memorable moments and with hogan involved and the big fuse and that was at a point when wrestling was being viewed by like 30 30 million people on tv mm-hmm. with saturday night's main event it was a different era and it was a different time like you said all right yeah. so let's get to it pal yeah all right so i have at number 10 i have wrestlemania 28 oh okay Okay, interesting. Yeah, I was contemplating not even putting this on my list at all. But then I went back and I thought about it. And for all the criteria that you and I came up with, I mean, it must have a top 50 match of all time. It does. 
Triple yep. H and Taker. Easy yep. top 50 match of all time. And if anybody wants to debate that, I'm not going to listen to you. If you're going to tell me that that's not a top 50 match of all time, I don't want to hear it. Nonsense. That is undoubtedly... Like, that match... I really can't put it into words watching that live. Being just, like, a wrestling fan for so many years and loving Triple H, loving Undertaker, loving the whole era they came from, and just kind of watching it all go away. You know, Sean was already retired. <coughs> He's a special guest referee. And then we all know, like, the drama, like, the storytelling. That match is storytelling personified. Like, if I want to show someone the absolute apex of storytelling in pro wrestling, I'm going to show them that match. Beautiful. Then, right. yeah, then you had memorable moments out the wazoo. The whole promo package of the Rock and Cena once in a lifetime. The Rock and Cena stare down. Like, just about everything about that match. It was big box office. It was Hollywood. Uh, I mean, could, could we count buy rate as one of our criteria too, for a top 10 WrestleMania? Or is that, I think, I think is that that's a little superficial? It shows how interested and invested people were for the show. Yeah, this is the greatest, the biggest, greatest buy rate in the history of any WrestleMania. It did like, what, 1.2 million 1. buys? 1. 1.2. 1. 1.217, specifically. Yeah. It wasn't easily the best, but it was the best. I think just about every WrestleMania we have in here did well over, or did at least, aside from like WrestleMania 19, like a million buys, but <coughs> it's not important. Yeah, so just memorable moments. Sheamus beating Daniel Bryan in shocking fashions in 18 seconds. I think that's memorable for a lot of people. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it, it fits every criteria, so I had to put it in there. Yeah. Well, Kevin, I can't say, I, I love this show. Um, my, my ranking's higher for this show, which we'll get to. Um, I just think, like, I look at the structure of this show. They open with the shocking opening world title match. And really, the whole undercard, like, if you read the card out, Match by match, like, okay, Kane versus Randy Orton, Big Show, Cody Rhodes, Kelly Kelly, Maria Menounos versus Beth Phoenix and Eve. Is it the most must-see undercard on paper? No, but that only takes up, like, 45 minutes of the show, and it goes by really quickly when you watch it, and plus there's that shocking opening match, and then you get to Triple H and The Undertaker, which once they do the match, the entrances, the video package, the post-match, that's an hour of this show. And then the, the main event, that gets about an hour of the show as well with entrances, video package, a 30-minute match. Jericho and CM Punk gets about 40 minutes of the show. All ups, that's really, nearly three hours of the event out of the four hours is just great stuff. So I love this show, and we'll get to my ranking later. There you go. What do you have at number 10? Uh, number 10, I got WrestleMania 14. Uh, and the reason this wasn't higher was because it doesn't really meet our criteria very well. Um, as you allude to earlier, there isn't really like a a top 50 all-time match you need to go back and see. Um, there, there were some memorable moments, some really good ones. Austin, mainly the coronation of him. Um, I love the stuff with the, I believe it was the, what the, the garbage match, the, the, the one with Foley in it. I thought that was great. Um, but just generally, when you watch this show, it's a significant event. It's more so about what it really meant for wrestling at the time. Like this was when WWE was making the big shift in the war and momentum was going their way. It was the coronation of Steve Austin. And just an, it, it, Kevin, this show to me is here because it's an easy show to watch. It doesn't really meet the criteria, as I said, in the, the match sense, but it was just a good WrestleMania, I felt. Yeah, I, I agree. It was good. Yeah, it was good. I had it at like number 11 or number 12 for me. So it's definitely worthy of being there. Uh, but just to, to, clo like, to close the bow or whatever you want to call it, put a tie on WrestleMania 28, hmm. it's like a top five WrestleMania that I would show to my friends and family. It's one that yes. I would like, yeah, I would be like, hey, if I want to show someone what wrestling is, 
you want them to see Cena rock and Undertaker versus Triple H. <coughs> really, what hurts this show for me, why I have it at ten and not higher, is the mm. overall card. The overall card was pretty weak, but it was it was top heavy. The, those three big marquee matches delivered in every way possible. Yeah, but the undercard was just super overwhelming, and it could like that could turn some people off. Like if you're showing people that are not big wrestling fans and they have to sit through like Big Show versus Cody Rhodes with Cody crying about how he's never won a WrestleMania match and. Okay, can I stop you there? I'm sorry. Like, I, I get, I, un- I understand what you're trying to say, but like the undercard, you open the show, it's the World Heavyweight title match and it's just this shocking squash. So that happens. And then you have Kane and Randy Orton, two guys who like everyone knows. It's Randy Orton, he's like famous, and Kane's a big star in his own right. They have a, a, a match. And then, yeah, Big Show and Cody Rhodes, it's the IC title, it's five minutes. They don't drag that out for 15. If they did, Kevin, I'd 100% agree. If it was a, a modern AW Cody Rhodes story with a 20-minute match of him crying, I get it. But it was a harmless five-minute match where Big Show got his WrestleMania moment. And I'd say people know Big Show. He's a massive giant. And then, yeah, the, the women's match was – I can't defend that. That was that was garbage. But everything yeah. else was great, I thought. And also, the, the Laronitis, Teddy Long thing, I didn't like, but that was about it. Right. I, I'm just speaking from personal experience. Like, my parents, they bought the show for me on pay-per-view because I was like, hey, we have to watch this. It's Cena vs. Rock. Yeah. And like by the time Big Show and Cody Rose are coming out, they were like regretting spending whatever it was sixty bucks on this show. Yeah, They're like why did you talk us into buying this? Like <clears throat> the show sucks. But then like yeah. they were into it like everybody else after Undertaker and Triple H. Yeah. <clears throat> so at nine for me, I have WrestleMania three. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, it, it has the forget a top fifty match of all time. It this has arguably a top five wrestling match of all time. And Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Ricky Steamboat. This match is like straight from 2007, and it took place in the 1980s, in the mid 80s. It's a match that's way ahead of its time. Arguably the most influential wrestling match of all time. I mean, it, this got people like Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels, uh, not Shawn Michaels, well, I guess it did influence his style, but it got the people like Chris Jericho into wanting to wrestle. And it was just, it was a moment in time that. Yeah, it was, you know, it, at the time it wasn't appreciated as big as Hogan and Andre was. But 35 years later, everybody looks at Savage Steamboat and they put it on the same level as Hogan and Andre. Yeah. And that's the thing too, Hogan and Andre. That match is maybe the most important wrestling match in in history. Without that match and without the success of the show, do we even have a WrestleMania 39 to talk about in a couple of weeks? I don't know. This match did so much for everyone involved. Hulk Hogan with the body slam with Andre. That's one of the three most memorable moments in wrestling history. Just something that's going to be replayed over and over again at the beginning of shows. <coughs> People will glorify that moment. It's incredible. It was truly incredible to go back and watch. And, you know, obviously, neither one of us were around watching it live. Yeah. But you go back and you watch like what wrestling was where people weren't really sure that it was fake. Like, they kind of had an idea, but nobody really knew. It wasn't like wrestling nowadays, where everybody knows it's not real and it's just gymnastics. Like, people thought Hogan and Andre really hated each other. And, like, nobody knew at the time that Andre helped Hogan lift him up. Like, it was just, everybody's like, oh my god, this is the most incredible thing ever. Yeah. And with this WrestleMania, like, it's not the great top-to-bottom card of some of the other WrestleManias we're going to talk about, which is why I have it at nine. Yeah. But the main event 
And that match with Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage are enough to propel this over just about any other WrestleMania that ever took place. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm much the same sentiment. Um, I'll just say I have this at eight for WrestleMania three. Um, and for basically the same reasons you give it, this, the historical significance of the main event and Steamboat Savage alone makes up for the fact the rest of the show was very non-eventful. Um, there's just a lot of not much elsewhere, but those two things alone and the, the moments that they provided and the significance to wrestling, it'd be totally disrespectful to not have this top 10 because those two things alone were just incredible. So I have that at eight. So Can, can I speak just to memorable moments yep. from this match or from the show? I mean, yep. Junkyard Dog having to bow down and kiss Harley Race's feet. Um, that's that ages interestingly. If you go back and watch this thirty-five years <laughs> in the future, yeah, <laughs> just look back at it. It's like, hmm, yeah, mm. interesting. Maybe they uh, they should have done that one. Uh, but yeah, then you had Roddy Piper with blackface. Was that this show? I think I think Roddy that Piper. Was, that was last one. Yes. Oh, was that three or six? Let me see. I'm gonna look it up right now because I want to make sure I'm correct. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> don't want to get that one wrong. Yeah, we don't want to. It's WrestleMania six. WrestleMania six. Okay, so never mind. But yeah, Roddy Piper. This was supposed to be his retirement match too. He ended up coming back and obviously doing some other stuff. But <clears throat> this was his original retirement match. Um. Yeah, there was some cool stuff on on the card. You know, it's not one that like is easy to sit through, per se. But, I mean, you're going to want to show your friends and family Hogan body slamming Andre and Steamboat Savage. That's just, they're incredible. You know, then the characters. I mean, like, Honky Tonk Man, Jake Roberts, Iron Sheik, and Nikolai Volkov. It was, this is ridiculous. You know, some of the characters that we had back at that time. Nikolai Volkov being, like, a a Soviet Union enthusiast. (laughs) Iron Sheik, this Middle Eastern man that pretended like he didn't speak any English. Coming out, putting people in the camel clutch. Like, if this guy had decided to break Hulk Hogan's leg, there would be no WWE, pal. <laughs> this, this That's is, fantastic. Yeah, That's the, the, so the nostalgia, good. the 80s characters, the cartoon of it all. Yeah. <laughs> all right, pal. Number eight. I oh, sorry. have... Go ahead, go ahead. Kevin, sorry, can I do my number nine first? Yes, please. I'm sorry. My bad. Go ahead. No, so for me, I've put number nine. I've got WrestleMania 20. Um, this one, it's really... Wow. I found this really hard to assess. I really wow. did. Because because of Benoit and the ending, mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel right putting this top five. I feel like the from the talent perspective on this show, it is incredible. You look at this card top to bottom, the names, the the star power, like the, the matches. I mean, Benoit and Angle for the WWE title. You had Goldberg versus Brock, which is infamous for its own reasons. Evolution versus the Rock and Sock connection just happened like third, fourth on the card. Jericho versus Christian, Cena, Big Show, Undertaker, Kane. Like, you're like, you go up and down the card. I mean, like, the women's matches are both entertaining for their own reasons. The tags so like, a great show. But because of the ending and the stuff with Benoit, I, I just don't feel right putting it top five. But I feel like it, it needs to be top ten. There's just too much great on this show. Don't now, have a top, you know, ten. Now, to look at this objectively for a moment, I'm going to ask you. Yeah. Does this show have a top 50 match of all time? Would, would Main you- event. You would the put main the main event, event in that <coughs> in that category. <coughs> yes, the main event was damn good. Like obviously, because of what happened, it gets looked on different light. But this main event was phenomenal. It was a thirty-minute classic involving Mr. WrestleMania, 
prime Triple H and Benoit. Like, it was a, a phenomenal match. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree with you. And it has memorable moments, too. The return of Dead Man Taker. You know, the big moment at the end with Benoit and Eddie hugging both as champions. These are two guys that worked their entire life to make it where they are. They finally became the big, the biggest baby faces in the company. You know, the whole Eddie and Angle match, like the ending to that match with the, with like Angle pulling off Eddie's boot and Eddie barely winning. Yeah. Good stuff. And then, of course, you know, you got Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. Arguably one of the top five most infamous wrestling match ever. Yeah. Like, it, it's just, it was so bad. It, it created this culture that we see now where fans try to hijack the show. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just, it has a lot. I wanted to put this in my top 10. I just couldn't. You would think for me I would with Eddie being yeah. so significant here. And yeah. Eddie versus Kurt Angle. But I look at this show. Honestly, I look at it and I'm like, this is a two-match show. You know? And But these the two matches were not as significant as like WrestleMania 28. Like I look at this one and WrestleMania 28 very similarly. And WrestleMania 3. These are two match shows essentially like then but 28 for me i enjoyed jericho and punk more than anything aside from eddie and angle and the main event on wrestlemania 20 right okay so i guess that would be why i i barely it barely didn't make the list (laughs) no that's that's fair i just think wrestlemania 20's variety is exceptional this had something of everything like i I love the fact that as you mentioned was one of these criteria as far as showing your friends and that sort of thing, showing someone, this had a, a bit of everything. You had your, you know, your Cena match at the start, but then it's the big show. You had the Jericho and Christian storyline, Evolution versus the Rock and Stuff connection, all the star power there, Goldberg and Brock. You had that, Eddie and Angle, just a great wrestling match for the title, the big main event. I mean, Undertaker's return versus Kane, the women's matches. One was a, you know, where Molly Holly got a head shave. The other one was a, a Playboy evening gown match. It was a cruiserweight open. Great work, Tag great. title matches were both really good. Like, it just had variety. It's something for everyone, which I think for WrestleMania, it's something you need. So, But the opener, uh, the opener was actually seen in Big Show. And this one is like, if you show this to somebody who only knows the John Cena from like 2012, 2013, 2011, that was like getting booed out of the building by 40-year-old men, and you show someone this match, they'd be like, wait, wait, wait. Everybody loves John Cena in Madison Square Garden at WrestleMania? <laughs> yeah. John Cena, like, he's literally the most over guy in the show. Go back and watch it. He's more over than anybody else. More than Eddie, more than Benoit, more than Sean, Triple H. Everybody loves Cena. Cena picks up the big show. It was like a, a baby moment of, like, Andre and, and Hogan. Hogan slamming Andre. It was like the baby version of that. Yeah. <clears throat> It was exceptional. I mean, you have it ninth. I have it twelfth. We're not that far yeah. off. It's a great WrestleMania. Just for me, I, I just I can't but go back and like I I can't sit through some of the stuff on the undercard. I, I've actually tried to go back and watch this WrestleMania recently. Right. And I I couldn't do it. I was like, oh man, I gotta fast forward to Goldberg and Brock. Really? Damn. Yeah. Like I watched the opener. I couldn't sit through anything else. I I like I, I watched the Rock promo. It yeah. was pretty good, but other than that, I couldn't sit through it. Okay. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Well, Ken, what's your what's your number eight? My number eight is WrestleMania twenty two. Okay. Okay. Um. You know. I mean, this match. I mean, this show. I mean, 
I think a lot of people have a love-hate relationship with this show. Like, I see some people that are like, oh, this is top five, certified top five WrestleMania all time. Then I see people that are like, oh, it's barely top 15, not even top 15. So there's not a lot of in-between on this one. <coughs> there was a legendary Money in the Bank ladder match. I thought this Money in the Bank ladder match was fantastic. You got, like, yeah. what, 60-year-old Ric Flair in there taking superplexes off the top of the ladder. Like, like we had Jim Ross hammering home that he had a broken back 35 years ago. Oh, it was fantastic. Kevin, what, what was worse? So just real quick one. What was worse? That with Ric Flair, where he's like 60 years old with a like a crippling back injury and everything that comes with that in the Money in the Bank match, or Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 31 coming off literal CTE and head contusions wrestling in the ladder match. Like, the, the uh, by far, mad. Daniel Bryan. By far. By far. Yeah. But watching Daniel Bryan headbutt Nick Nemeth on the top of a ladder in California, like, bro, what? Like... The air is not good over there, first of all. Be that high off the ground, cause that much trauma to your head. Like, it, uh, never mind. I don't want to get into the science of it all. Carry <coughs> <coughs> on, carry on, on. You're saying you're explaining what's going on. Yeah, I really like the Money in the Bank ladder match. Absolutely memorable. Some memorable stuff in there. RVD winning was cool. You know, people were super into him. This this show took place in Detroit. Right in Chicago. In Chicago, because Punk came out on the gang car. Ah, yes. Detroit was the year following. Um, yeah. Yeah, so this was like the last WrestleMania before we got the big WrestleMania stadium shows. This was just casually in like a basketball arena in Chicago, and the atmosphere was great. It helped it. The atmosphere was fantastic. Uh, so yeah, yeah, then you have a legendary match. You have two legendary matches, in my opinion. Edge versus Mick Foley. And the main event, John Cena versus Triple H. And I know you disagree. Yeah. But I would put at least one of those matches in the top 50. I'm not sure which one I would put in the top 50. Put Edge Foley. Put Edge Foley. Cena Triple H categorically just is not. But Cena Foley. Um, Edge and Foley, I'll hear an argument for. They're yeah. both significant for the wrestling business. Mick Foley created Edge. The main eventer Edge that we see. Mick Foley is his daddy pal. This was the moment that took Edge... From that upper mid-card hell, that purgatory he had been in since he broke up from Edge and Christian, and made him a certified main eventer. And the main event, Cena Triple H, that took Cena as like, okay, this guy, he's kind of a joke of a champion, you know, can we get someone else with the belt? Like, just have Triple H win it. I'd rather, people are like, I'd rather have a reign of terror <coughs> than watch Cena be champion. And then Triple H made Cena into that, that guy. He solidified him as a top star as a mainstream icon of the wrestling business that night. He did the job, pal. Something he would not do for Booker T. Well. I digress. Yeah. Um, and then you have Rey Mysterio winning the World Heavyweight Championship. Memorable moment. I don't think anyone's going to dispute that. Yeah. Sean versus Mr. McMahon. Full of memorable moments. Oh, like, how ridiculous was that? Mr. McMahon with like the, the, uh, the magazine cover for Muscle and Fitness. And Sean <laughs> hitting him with the magazine cover. Like, bro, I love that match. I'm sorry. Mr. McMahon puts on bangers at WrestleMania. He, he just yeah. does. He's a, he's a great, great in-ring technician, pal. Now, the problem with this show... Well, I don't have it higher. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, I had a great... Great women's feud and a women's match with Mickie James and Trish Stratus. This is one of the best women's matches in WrestleMania history. And best women's storylines. 
leading up to WrestleMania. Such a good storyline. Mickey James playing the crazy obsessed fan of Trish Stratus. And doing the whole thing where like Mickey's like stalking her in the shower. Good stuff, pal. Lots of great work rate involved. <coughs> good storytelling. Yeah, it was just different. Now the, yeah. the problem I have with this show is the Undertaker's match. Like really? Undertaker versus Mark Henry. And that's Ew. the best we got for Prime Undertaker. Like why why did Rey Mysterio, Kurt Angle, and Randy Orton have to be a, a triple threat? Why couldn't Kurt Angle face the Undertaker? I know, right. You know, just throwing that one out there. But for me, I have this show so high because of the flow and its watchability. For me, it's just an easy-to-watch show. I can put this on right now and sit through the entire show without a problem. I like just about everything on the card. Yeah. And then Bo- Boogeyman and Booker T was another stain. It was... Ugh. Like, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, pal. Let, let me hear what you have to say. I like, yeah. I, I think, like, eight's fair. I think, yeah, the, the flow I'll give you, like, this show does flow quite well. Um, JR was excellent on commentary. And I like... The, the, the arena... Just worked. The fact that they held it in the Rosemont Horizon in front of like what eighteen thousand people, wherever it was, it it, it worked. And the atmosphere worked. And then yeah, I really enjoyed the flow of the show. That was really my main takeaway from when I watched this like a year ago. I last watched this show. Um, and yeah, obviously I've made my opinions known with the main event. We've had our we've had our battles over that. Um, I, I don't feel the need to rehash that. But personally, I just think it was the the Reigns Triple H WrestleMania thirty two main event, but just 10 years prior, and because of the Ruth Discretion era, it had more fanfare. Um, but yeah, no, Edge and Foley was legendary in its own right. Can, can uh, I stop you just for a second? Yep. But one day you and I are going to do a separate segment. I don't think it's worth the whole podcast, but we're yeah. going to debate that point that you make. Because you said it before about comparing this match to Triple H and Cena to Triple H and Reigns. We're going to mm. debate that, and I'm going to debunk your opinion, pal. Oh, how the Triple H, the star of days gone by with the big name and the legacies taking on the, the babyface champion who's getting booed if people don't want to see anymore. What will happen? Oh. Yeah, we're, we're going gonna to debunk it. I'm going to debunk it, pal. I'm going to do okay. this, pal, for all of the real wrestling fans. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I, I think you put in this show at eight. It's fair. I'm not, you know, I'm not outraged at all. I think it's, it's reasonable. The show's flow is great. So, Kevin, do you want to move on? To my number seven, and your number eight. Uh, I I gave my number eight. Oh, you I? did. Yes, you did. You yeah, had yeah, WrestleMania yeah. three and number eight. Uh, let, let, yeah. let, let me just say this real quick before you move on. There's eleven matches on this card, not including the pre-show. Eleven matches on the main card. Six of them were good. How many WrestleManias can say that? Not a lot. Good tag. Not a lot. Good tag. That's like that's over fifty percent of the matches were good. And some people even say JBL versus Benoit was a good match. I'm not even including that one. So you can say there were seven good matches on this card. Food for thought. Yeah. Give us your number seven, pal. At number seven, we've got WrestleMania 23. Oh, I have, I have that in uh, number seven, too. Hey, we agree, W. Um, that. Yeah, no, I just think this, this show, I mean, this has the moments. And I'll, I'll bounce, I'll try to bounce past you in a second. Beauty, you can just rattle off all the moments, but... I just thought as a show, once again, we talk about flow with 22 here. This show flowed really well, WrestleMania 23. Um, It had the big stars wrestling really good big matches. Undertaker Batista, I love that match for the world title. I thought it was excellent. Um, Some people think it's okay. I really really enjoyed it. Um, Cena, Sean in the main event, 30 minutes. Sean Michaels, Mr. WrestleMania, putting over Cena. 
I thought that was great. Um, I really enjoyed as well the Money in the Bank match. I thought that was one of the best Money in the Banks ever. I just love that match. Um, so yeah, that's that's your three kind of pillar cornerstone matches, and not to mention Donald Trump and Vince and the Battle but of the you, Building. You didn't even, yeah, I was going to say you didn't even mention that was the biggest well, build for for on this show. No, that that was like the <laughs> that was more so that was big for its own reason. That wasn't big because oh my god, Lashley and Umaga are going to have a classic. It was big because of the celebrities involved. So. Yeah, that, that match was just fun. It's it's a different match. It's one unlike pretty much anything in wrestling history, and it's just it's great to watch. So, yeah, to me, 23 sits at 7, and, yeah, I'll pass to you. Yeah, and this is the second most purchased WrestleMania. This did a flat in 1.2. So it's narrowly behind WrestleMania 28 for the second most bought pay-per-view, and for good reason. This show was built around Vince McMahon and Donald Trump. Like, yeah, the match was... Bobby Lashley versus Umaga. But this was really about Vince versus Trump. And this was like, I, I can't put it into words for people who weren't there, who didn't experience it live. Everybody knows how important Donald Trump is. Like, of course, he was president of the United States a few years ago. Like, it's the president of the United States in at WrestleMania. And we're having a hair versus hair match. As ridiculous as it was in the build, because it was ridiculous. Seeing a billionaire and Donald Trump coming out, Vince McMahon, they're screaming at each other. You got these 0.1 percenters just going at it. It's ridiculous and over the top, but it's what wrestling is about. This one is in my top five of WrestleManias that I would show to my friends and family. It has a great flow. Uh, memorable moments. I mean, <laughs> the image of Vince getting his head shaved. That's one of the most memorable moments in wrestling history. Just the fact that Trump had a WrestleMania entrance. The moment of Trump <coughs> tackling Vince and punching him. Super memorable. You know, aside from that, there's not a ton of great WrestleMania moments on this one, but, you know, you, you can, we could get to five. You know, you got like, like Cena and Shawn Michaels, Cena getting booed out of the building by this, like, this stadium crowd. That's another thing. This was the first re- stadium WrestleMania in how long? Since like Hogan Andre or since WrestleMania uh, 19. Since 19. 19. Okay. Oh, right. They put it in the baseball stadium. That's right. I forgot about that. Hmm. I guess that counts. But this was like a foot. This was the introduction to the big football stadiums that we yeah. that is we've now become accustomed to. This was the first WrestleMania that felt like a Super Bowl. That felt like larger than life. In in, in respect of like to the visual. Of the big yeah. fireworks, the big football stadium, and so on and so forth. <clears throat> you already yeah. spoke about the Money in the Bank ladder match. It was fantastic. One of the best Money in the Bank ladder matches. Yeah, Jeff Hardy involved. Yeah, Randy Orton, Matt Hardy, Edge. Crazy moment. That's another crazy moment. Jeff Hardy nearly killed Edge in this match. And that was the opener of the show. We nearly saw a death on live on live pay-per-view. That was bad. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Where, where Jeff Hardy oh, yes. just does the leg drop through the ladder. Edge literally was taken out. Literally, he was legitimately taken out from the match. I don't even know if he even came back after that. <coughs> but yeah, At top ten WrestleMania. I think a lot of people would argue that this could be higher. Yeah, but this is like this one is in my Mount Rushmore discussion. I think this is yeah. where the Mount Rushmore of WrestleMania for me starts with, with the with WrestleMania 23 at top seven. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. I, 
I agree with everything you said there, and yeah, I'm happy you put more onus on the Battle of Billionaires. I figured that'd be a, a better kind of conversation point for you, who kind of lived it. Um, but yeah, no, even just watching it back, not I, I didn't grow up experiencing that build, but just the, the, the way they presented that was just fantastic. Oh, yeah, oh and Stone Cold was there. Yeah, like, on top of that, just casually Stone Cold Steve Austin's there. And this was a big spot for Bobby Lashley. Like, Vince really wanted Bobby Lashley to be a star. He put Bobby Lashley in one of the most important matches ever. Had him wrestling on Donald Trump's behalf. And then Bobby Lashley left like three months later for whatever reason. Literally. Yeah. Okay, pal. Are you ready for my number six? Hit, it with, hit us with it. I've got WrestleMania 10. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, for me, this show has two of the top, I'll say 20 matches of all time on it. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I can't put it below where I've put it here. Owen and Brett in the opener is just best WrestleMania opening match ever. It's it sets the show off on such a great tone and great foot. The, just the, the ring work of this, like you can just tell these guys like grew up wrestling each other, and like that's how they learn how to wrestle. Like it just there was a, it was like a flawless match in the sense of like the flow the. The, the technicalities of wrestling and the psychology, all, all that sort of stuff, the, the, you know, the online fraternity love, this match was perfect in that regard. Just, I can't put it over enough, just an excellent all-time opener, best opener ever for WrestleMania. And then the Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels ladder match, once again, set the tone for the next 20, 30 years in its own regard. The creativity, how these guys use the ladder, the wrestlers involved, Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels. Like, that was brilliant in its own right. So, I look at those matches. Yes, what happened in between, not great. And the fact that we had a bunch of not great filler in between and the ending was okay for the main event, that's what stops this from being a top five show, a top five WrestleMania, in my opinion. I just can't put it in the top five with some of this just rubbish that was on the show. And the fact that we had Yokozuna wrestling twice, Lex Luger, there was DQs, there was interference with Jim Cornette. There was a lot of referees everywhere. It was There's a lot of nonsense elsewhere. But the sheer argument for this is Owen versus Brett, Razor versus Sean, two all-time top 15, top 20 matches. That's, that's your case right there. Yeah, in terms of quality of matches that are on a WrestleMania... I don't think any other WrestleMania, I, I may be wrong, but I don't think any other WrestleMania has two top 15 matches of all time on it. Mm, I'm thinking. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. All right, am I correct? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell you one that has two. Like a, yeah. lot of, a lot of WrestleManias have one. Right. Having two is unheard of, and that's what WrestleMania 10 has. So. Yeah, I mean, it, this one is, again, similar to, like, a 28 or, like, a WrestleMania 20, <coughs> where the two, like, big-time main event matches, Brett Owen, I know it opened the show, but that was a 20-minute match. That was longer than any match on the card. Yeah. Um, the, these two big, like, the two big cornerstone matches, Owen, Brett, Razor, Sean, carried the show, similar to, like, Triple H, Taker, and Cena, Rock did a 28. But Cena and Rock and Triple H and Taker, as good as those matches were, they don't hold a candle to Owen and Brett and Razor and Sean. With, with, with all due respect. Um, Owen and Brett, like you said, perfectly. Greatest opening match ever. 
and it's it's close. You know, Triple H and Daniel Bryan's in the conversation. Eddie and Ray's in the conversation. It's not like a by far greatest opening match, but yeah, it's still pretty good. I've gone back and I can watch this show. I, I had this at number four, just for the record. Right. <laughs> I, I could go back and I could watch this show from top to bottom, and I I I could sit through like some of the ridiculousness. Yeah. I don't know why I can, but I just can. I liked Randy Savage and Crush for whatever reason. It was a fun Falls Count Anywhere match. I think that just speaks to how great Randy Savage is and was. Um, I, for whatever reason, I liked the Yokozuna and Jim Cornette stuff and with Mr. Perfect as the guest referee. It was fun. It's just fun. We don't see a lot of fun stuff. like That, that kind of stuff that they're doing in that match with Yoko and Lex Luger would not fly today by any means necessary. People would be freaking out. That's like, like if, imagine if Roman Reigns wrestled, I don't know, Omos at WrestleMania in the middle of the card for the WWE Championship. Yeah. And he had, like, Paul Heyman beating up Omos's lackey, whoever that is. Like, yeah. you had Paul Heyman out there with a golf club hitting, I don't even know, like... MVP or whoever. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it would not fly. People would be going crazy over that, <laughs> you know? So I enjoy stuff like that. It, it Like, it reminds you that wrestling is fake and it's for kids and it's supposed to be fun, you know? Not everything's so damn serious. That's kind of what I get the vibe watching the show <coughs> yeah <coughs> we talk about influence macho man versus ricky steamboat is arguably the most influential match of all time razor and sean for wrestlemania 10 this latter match is right there on a short list of the most influential wrestling matches ever if you ask just about anybody in the wrestling business now they'll probably tell you that this match influenced them in some way shape or form you ask like a seth rollins ricochet you know whoever on the roster johnny gargano Chances are they were heavily influenced by this match. And I think it's the significance and the influence uh, of this show. And just the overall enjoyability I have is why I have it in, on, on my Mount Rushmore in my top four. That's totally fair enough. And unless you want to say anything else about that, Kevin, what's your, what's your number six? Uh, so I have WrestleMania 24 at okay. number six. For the record, I have this at five. So this is this is my next one. So yeah, go on, Kevin. Go this on. is good. This is good. I like this. You talk about memorable moments. This WrestleMania has it in droves. I mean, it does, does it get any more memorable than Ric Flair's last match? The crying, the celebrating with his children, with his late son Reed, the Shawn Michaels, the I'm sorry, I love you. And I know he came back and he wrestled in TNA. Whatever. Who cares? He never wrestled in WWE again, and hopefully he doesn't ever. And we know he had his last match last year in, in a disgusting promotional tactic, but I digress. Um, Shawn Michaels or Ric Flair, I'd probably say is a top 25, top 30 match of all time. I've seen it live. I was lucky enough to be in the building for this whole show. <clears throat> it was absolutely fantastic. The one real like blemish on this show is the fact that Jeff Hardy cannot stay away from the needle, pal. Jeff Hardy was supposed to win the Money in the Bank. But we ended up with CM Punk, who just wasn't ready yet to be in the main event scene. He wins it, and we know what happened with CM Punk and his cash in his title reign. We don't have to talk about that. I, I think if you flip it and you have Jeff Hardy win this Money in the Bank, who knows? Maybe that makes this WrestleMania that much better in a lot of people's minds. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kane and Chavo Guerrero, 11-second match for the ECW title. Like what? Like, what is that, bro? Whatever. It is what it is. A Playboy Bunny Mania Lumberjill match. 
Like what? You got Edge's wife and John Morris's ex-wife versus Maria and Ashley. Um, I hated I hated the triple threat match. Randy Orton, Triple H, and Cena. Like you and I spoke about, <coughs> Cena and Batista should have been the WWE title match that year. Instead, we had Batista versus Umaga in a battle of brand supremacy, whatever the hell that means. Yeah. But then you get another memorable moment. You get Floyd Money Mayweather making a grand entrance. Literally, Mayweather bill, $100 Mayweather bills are falling from the sky. I have one somewhere in my house. A $100 bill with Floyd Mayweather's face on it. He's marching down to the ring to face the big show. It doesn't get any more Hollywood than that. You got, arguably at the time, the the biggest combat sports athlete in the world. Most famous, most well-known, biggest box office attraction. Floyd Money Mayweather out there facing the big show. This was big, and this was a heavily promoted match for obvious reasons. This one was, yeah, probably the most promoted match going in, I would say. And it delivered. I thought it was fun. Um, Floyd Mayweather beating Big Show by knockout. Super memorable. And then you got the main event. Undertaker versus Edge for the World Heavyweight Championship. <coughs> this one I think kind of gets lost in the shuffle similar to the WrestleMania 23 match with Batista from the year prior. It gets kind of lost in the shuffle in Undertaker's classic WrestleMania catalog. But this match is fantastic. Watching it live, I thought it was great. Watching it at home in the years that have passed... I watch this match regularly, you know, every once in a while, like once, once a year, once every two years. It's a great match. And like overall, this, this show just flowed. It was a nine match show. And what, one, two, well, you got three, four, five matches out of nine matches were really good. And, and that's not counting JBL and Finley, which was a fun match. Then you had a, a WWE Championship match that I didn't count either, featuring three of the biggest stars in the history of wrestling. There's a lot on the show to love. Yeah, I mean, you, you said that so well. I, I just think, for me, I want to emphasize that main event. I think that's a top five WrestleMania main event, I feel like. It's one of the, it's the most underrated WrestleMania main event of all time, I feel like. Like, that match never gets mentioned. Like, that personifies underrated in every sense of the word, and it was a phenomenal match. Like... Undertaker told the story about this in his Ariel Hawani interview the other day that Edge was initially, or there was plans for Edge to break the streak, but Edge just said, like, I know, I, I don't want to break the streak. Like, I respect that streak too much. And the, the match was just excellent. It really was. Um, great World Heavyweight title match. Like, Kevin, that made a match like that for the World Heavyweight title, it makes that belt so important. It just, uh, to think what they did to that title over, over the coming years after this with Jack Swagger and Ziggler and... <laughs> Awful. But yeah, no, the, the rest of the show, obviously you mentioned the big money match, Mayweather and Big Show. That's just, it, it's spectacle. You got to see it live. Everyone was invested watching it. It's just so unique. That's uh, that, that's a WrestleMania spectacle. That that happening is a WrestleMania moment in itself. So that was great. I personally enjoyed the Orton, Triple H and Cena triple threat. When I say I enjoyed it, I'm not saying it was some great, phenomenal match, but as a match, because of the star power involved, it didn't go on too, too long. I enjoyed it. Uh, a bit weird. Obviously, we should have seen Cena Batista. It would have been better. Um, but for what we saw, I can't really complain. It was enjoyable. And really, yeah, Sean and Ric Flair speaks for itself. Um, you, you were very lucky to see that live. That would have been incredible in being in the you know, building for that. But yeah, it just it was just done so well. So yeah, to me, WrestleMania 24 sits at number five. You've got number six. I think we can both agree. One of the great WrestleManias of all time. Absolutely. 
Uh, did you give us your number six already? <coughs> yeah, mine was also only a ten. Correct, ten. correct. All right, so what is your five? Because my five was 24. 24. Kevin, what's, what's your five? Uh, you're going to like this. Really? Yeah, you're going to like this. My number five WrestleMania of all time is WrestleMania 30. Any, any instant reaction, pal? Why? I guess you're going to... Oh, sorry. Oh, kind of before you go, mm-hmm. I'm going to assume it'll be because the moments... So the moment of the streak breaking and the Brian moment at the end mm-hmm. and I guess Daniel Bryan versus Triple H, you're saying it's a top 50 match or something to that effect and just generally the moments of the show and the spectacle? Well, for me, why, there's a multitude of reasons why I have this in my top five. <laughs> For one, I really loved, at the time, I really loved the Daniel Bryan storyline, and I really loved the culmination of the Yes movement. I really loved the moment. At the time, I was a big Daniel Bryan fan. Uh, I still am. I still like Daniel Bryan. In in hindsight, looking back at this nine years later, I have a little bit of a different view on it. You know, you have, like, Daniel Bryan, he beats Orton, what, twice in the build-up, and then just a strip to the title. Yep. Like maybe they overbooked it and whatever. Like it was a mess. It was a car crash of booking. But Daniel Bryan was not supposed to be here. We all know it's infamous now. CM Punk shared the match card, what it was supposed to be. Uh, it was supposed to be just Batista Orton straight up for the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Triple H versus Punk. Daniel Bryan yep. versus Sheamus. Yep. And was that was anything else different on the card that he shared? No, those are the main matches. It was Cena, Bray Wyatt, and yeah. That was right, so yeah, we were still going to get Cena, Bray Wyatt, Brock, Undertaker. <laughs> and I know you, when you talked about this, where did you have this again, like 13? I had this uh, I had this 11. 11. For me. Okay, so you had this 11th. And that's still, I mean, we're not f- super far off. I have a 5, you have an 11. Yeah. Still, I, they're both all-time great WrestleManias. Hmm. You mentioned that like this was the biggest missed opportunity yes. in WrestleMania history. Wow. I personally think WrestleMania 33 is a bigger missed opportunity than wow. WrestleMania 30. That's a discussion for a little bit later. <clears throat> but I'll just say, it, like the Cliff Notes version. Like, how how do you not have Cena and AJ Styles for the WWE title? Like you had this great build, but the card just didn't really deliver. You know what I mean? Like, right. Okay. Roman Undertaker. Why is that main eventing? I, I'm not really prepared to answer that question, but I, I just WrestleMania 33. Okay. I, I could get into yeah. it later. <coughs> but nevertheless, <clears throat> what we did get, yeah, I, I agree with you that that WWE they missed a the boat with some things on this card, but they still put together a top 15 WrestleMania of all time. Which, I gotta give it to them for what they put out on the card. I'm not gonna hold the fact that they didn't book Batista versus Brock Lesnar or they didn't book the Shield versus the Wyatt family against them. What we did get on this card was really good. A great opening match, an all-time great WrestleMania match, an all-time great wrestling match. Undoubtedly, you're right, Dana Bryan and Triple H for me is a top 50 wrestling match of all time. Yep. I think most people will agree. <clears throat> you know, the Shield versus Kane and the New Age Outlaws was what it was, but it didn't hurt the flow of the show. It's a three-minute match. It was the Shield squashing old men. Is what it is. Uh, Cesaro winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Almost made that Battle Royal feel special. 
you know, even though we know what, of a, what how big of a joke it would become in the years following. Yep. Uh, a big moment for Cesaro didn't amount to anything. Cesaro still had a great career, though, but it didn't amount to him getting this big push like a lot of people thought it would. And he's the guy, he's the epit- epitome of like, oh, this guy should be world champion. This guy has it. This guy is underrated, and that's Cesaro. For whatever reason, it just didn't work out. Uh, Cena and Bray Wyatt was fun. The storyline was fun. I'm not going to say here pretend like it wasn't a good storyline. Yeah. You know, Bray Wyatt, with the whole, he's got the whole world in his hands. The crowd was super <coughs> into this. And looking back in hindsight, like I'm kind of glad Cena won. How yeah. bad would this be 10 years later if Bray Wyatt had won? Just everything that we've seen Bray Wyatt do. Yeah, like Bray Wyatt did not need to win. This was the peak of Bray Wyatt, though. This was the peak of him as a character, him as a star. I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed it. I thought this... I think this is probably Bray Wyatt's best wrestling match. I don't know if I'm overspeaking, but the match was good. Um, Then, yeah, the streak being broken. Brock and Undertaker. Most memorable moment, maybe, in WrestleMania history? I'd say so. I'd say so. It's, It's top two or three. It's up there. It's up there with, with other you know, with like Vince and Austin shaking hands, just in terms of shock value. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I would say this is the most important, and not most important, the biggest WrestleMania moment ever. Everybody watching this knows where the hell they were when they saw it went down. Um, and then, yeah, the main event, Brian, Batista, and Orton. I, I would say this is a, I'd say this is a top 10 WrestleMania main event. There's an in-ring match quality. <laughs> I think it was very good. Um, it was a mess. Like I said, it was a mess. It was a car crash build. It was all over the place. They had no clear plan, but it ended yep. up working out. They ended up getting it right. Daniel Bryan winning. Got eighty thousand people doing the yes chant. It was a crowning moment. And it's unfortunate in the aftermath. Daniel Bryan didn't really get to enjoy being WWE champion. He had a legitimate neck injury of like a few weeks later. It was stripped of the belt didn't make his return until almost a year later is what it is but for what it was i think this wrestlemania is phenomenal and for me rewatchability this is easily one of the most rewatchable wrestlemanias for me the short short card seven matches yeah it's got a top 50 wrestlemania match it's got i mean we didn't even talk about the memorable moment of rock hogan and austin cutting that promo at the beginning of the show and hogan calling it the silver dome rock making fun of him you got those are like the top three biggest stars in wrestling at the time biggest stars ever in pro wrestling in the middle of the ring yeah i mean this has memorable moments out the wazoo pal (coughs) the most memorable moment of them all is on this show brock and taker by our criteria it has to be in the top seven top eight it has two of like the top 10 most memorable uh, memorable moments in, in wrestling in wrestlemania with Daniel Bryan winning the title and the streak ending, and you throw Hogan, Austin Rock in there, it doesn't get any bigger than that. Yeah. No, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. I think I, I really like that rewatchability point and like showing other people because I, I will say I do I do like this show. I know contrary, my ranking is just outside the top ten. Just the, more so other reasons with what this could have been. I just mm-hmm. I just can never get over the fact that they could have had Cena versus Taker when they're both not in their prime prime, but still, you know, it's not the 2017 or 2018 version we saw. It could have been a legitimately great Cena-Taker match. Batista-Brock was right there for them. 
The Whites and the Shield was right there for them. They could have done, you know, Triple H and Randy Orton to the WWE title and had Daniel Bryan versus Shawn Michaels as like the blow off of the air. They could have done so much stuff. There was so much available for them. Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, we still got a great show, memorable moments out the wazoo. The stage was incredible. I love the opening with that segment with the legends. I, love, I just think. Uh, really okay, uh, let, let, me, let me just interrupt you for a second. So if you do Batista versus Brock Lesnar, yep. that takes away the streak being broken. Because I, I assume yep. Cena's not going to be Undertaker. And <laughs> the streak being broken is like part of what makes this memorable. Uh, Brian versus Sean is not really realistic. Sean would have to want to do the match. He was retired. He clearly didn't want to do it. There was really no other way they could pay off the Yes movement. Like The only other way they could have paid it off was just the opening match just being the end of the storyline. But that wouldn't have hit the same. So I, I think if, if you propose, like, some of those things that you proposed off the top of your yeah. head as replacements, if you put that in, like, if you just have Dana Bryan beat Triple H, that's the end of the Yes movement. Yeah, Batista versus Brock, who knows? That could have been Brock Goldberg Part 2. People would have hated that. Better, it would have been a much better show. But the moments wouldn't have been as memorable. But the thing with the, the matches we got in real life, that Undertaker-Brock match was crap for 25 minutes it was not fun to watch and then the, the ending was the most shocking wrestlemania moment ever so it's 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 a weird like what actually what we ended up getting was very odd and then the daniel bryan moment was uh, but batista versus brock but, wouldn't have been that much better than but but brock and undertaker in the ring it would have been 20 minutes shorter it would have been concussions involved that would have been people just chanting blue tista they would have been booing him you know i i don't know i don't think people would have been into well, that he wouldn't have been positioned to be the the guy winning the the WWE title from Daniel Bryan, he wouldn't be getting booed like that. And he won the Royal Rumble. That was the thing. Like that was he won the Maybe Royal Rumble and Brock, people he's, hated he's him. He's not involved with Daniel Bryan. There's nothing to do with Daniel Bryan. He's in the match against Brock for the world title. Well, what would be the what would be your world championship match? Uh, I'd do something. Whether you want to have Daniel Bryan versus Orton, or you want to do Triple H versus Orton, or Bryan versus Triple H, I don't know. Something like that. But Batista would wouldn't even. If they had, but then, but then Brian versus Triple H, think this wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, Brian versus Triple H for the world title, that would have been like WrestleMania 32. It would have been a past his prime. Triple H just hogging the spotlight, being world champion. Kevin, there, there, there was no doubt a better way of doing it than what they did, where Daniel Bryan beat Evolution with one arm and a crook referee in one night. And it worked out perfectly. It worked out perfectly. It in was a great run, WrestleMania moment. Well. Yeah, Daniel Bryan's a big star. Batista's okay. He's doing well for himself in Hollywood. Randy Orton's a big star in the wrestling world. It's also what that did for wrestling in the sense that, oh, well, if we hijack a show, they'll give us who we want and they can win the match. How many many times did we see that afterwards, though? Uh, We didn't didn't see that a lot. mm. I mean, if, 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 if the influence of this match... Is as grand as you make it out to be. Sami Zayn would have won the title in Montreal if you like a month ago. I mean, we'll see where that where the Reigns storyline finishes. Maybe we'll look back and say Sami should have won in Montreal. We don't know. Well, that would have been. I mean, the crowd would have influenced that heavily, and it would have been to your point. Like, crowd hijacks it. Well, that was an actual storyline. That was the thing. <laughs> Sami Zayn's a nine month storyline, and that would have been the payoff. The Daniel Bryan thing was just. Boo! We want Brian. They, they hijacked the story to get uh, him. The storyline started at SummerSlam. The, the the authority holding Daniel Bryan back. 
started with Triple H burying him. And the storyline finished realistically at Hell in a Cell 2013 when Shawn Michaels super kicked him, and then Daniel Bryan went off with Sam Punk feuding with the White family, and he just he was just out of the main event picture, like. Yeah, he found his way back in, pal. Then the crowd just booed and hijacked and got him back in the main event picture, and you know, Batista has never come back since. Four uh, times. Maybe, maybe. WWE looked at it. They looked at the fans' reaction. They were like, hmm. Maybe we did get this one wrong. It's like Batista talked about this in an interview. Batista said that he told Vince, like, why are we doing this? Why am I going to win the Royal Rumble? And just be this big baby face that's going to yeah. challenge Randy Orton. Like, it's 1987. Like, I'm Hogan in 87 or 88. Yeah. Like, people are not going to be into that. You know, and he talked about how his style didn't fit the PG era. Yeah. On top of that. <laughs> and he didn't want to steal the spotlight from Daniel Bryan. Like, Batista knew that Daniel Bryan was the biggest star in the yeah. company at that time. So, like, I, I think it was just a matter of WWE realizing, hey, we kind of got this wrong. I don't know if it was a matter of the fans hijacking, because we've seen before that Vince McMahon doesn't give a shit what the fans want. He doesn't. Hmm. You know? Well, I think it's a combination of that, where it was a fan hijack, and it was how WWE went about it on the night, with a, a guy who's shorter than me beating Evolution in one night with a bung, you know, a bung arm, Stephanie McMahon, Scott Armstrong, the crook referee. And it's like, no, it's no different than Benoit beating Triple H and, and Shawn Michaels. It's completely different. Benoit didn't wrestle twice in the same night. Benoit didn't have a bung shoulder. Benoit, like, what? No, I'm just I'm talking about from, like, the spectacle of it. Daniel Bryan and Benoit, roughly the same height. Batista's gigantic. Triple H is gigantic. Randy Orton and Shawn, about the same size. They're not all the same size. Randy Orton is, like, five inches taller and jacked. Than Sean? Yeah. Uh, Sean is nowhere near the size of Randy Orton. He's smaller. Similar. I didn't say they were the same. I said similar. Okay. Kevin, my point here, just to kind of, so we don't go on about this for an hour and a half. My whole point here is you could have Daniel Bryan versus Triple H. I'd say you do a thing where Triple H looks at Randy Orton, like something in January or February and goes, Bryan's beaten you like three times. I- I'm the WWE champion. They could have done something just like, some storyline thing. Triple H is the WWE champion. He represents the authority. He's, his only goal is to hold down Daniel Bryan. And Bryan just beats Triple H in a singles match, wins the title. You don't combine the WWE and World Heavyweight titles. Batista can face Brock for the big gold belt. The, the company can move on and it would be better. But that's just me. I don't think it would have been a better show if you do it that way. It would have been a much better show. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. Like Brock ending the streak... You can't take that out of this show. You know. You that, really can. You can have Roman in the streak at 33. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, man, that would have been bad. It would have been the tribal chief, pal. That's how you set it up. Yeah, but he wasn't the tribal chief, though, at that time. No, so. he could have come out as the tribal chief the next night. I, mean, I don't know. I, I'm that big on the, the fantasy booking, you know. No, I just, yeah, I don't know. But there you go, pal. So anything else about WrestleMania 30? I think, I mean, we could discuss WrestleMania 30 for hours and hours, but we, we can just end it there and move on. Yeah, I, I think we can. We can end it there. Yep. So that's 30. So you had WrestleMania 30 at number five. I yep. had WrestleMania 30 around 11, mm-hmm. 11, 12. Mm-hmm. Um, my number four. Now, I'm pretty sure this is your number three. Uh-huh. I'll go WrestleMania 21. Yes, that is my number three. You are correct, pal. Yeah. Yeah, the, this show... Flow exceptional matches. I mean, the, the first like five matches on this show, there's no misses at all. It's all really entertaining. The opener, I mean, I'll pass to you to discuss the opener in a minute, but 
just all around some great stuff on the undercard and the start of the show. I love the theme of it. There's WrestleMania in Hollywood. Love the like the the movie skit segment <laughs> they did. I thought that was all really good. Uh, and then the main events are more historical importance. Um, I'm not going to pretend that Cena, JBL, or Batista, Triple H were were great matches, but they were important. They were significant matches. What they meant for WWE and meant for the wrestling business was important. Um, I think these matches with Cena, JBL, and Batista, Triple H, neither of these matches were any better or worse than the WrestleMania 22 main event, Kevin, the Triple H and Cena. Um, neither were instant classics, but uh, I thought... Well, Cena, JBL were... was, was worse than Cena, Triple H. But not by much. Not by much. Um, but yeah, pretty similar. Both just the more significance of wrestling and significance of what they meant. So yeah, I thought 21 was fantastic. I have it at four. You have it at three. Kevin, bounce pass over to you. Talk to us. Uh, the opener. First of all, the opener is... It's in the top three opening matches at WrestleMania. I've already said that many times throughout this show. <coughs> Rey Mysterio versus Eddie. This was really Rey Mysterio's coming out party into the mainstream and becoming a big star in WWE. Up until this point, it was like, ah, oh, it's Rey Mysterio, you know, great cruiserweight from WCW, uh, cool mask, you know, cool merchandise. But he was like a mid-card guy. Here he became a big star. And this was the start of one of my favorite storylines in wrestling history. The, the storyline that seemingly never ended, pal. Eddie and Rey, which culminated in a, uh, a match for the custody of Rey Mysterio's son, Dominic, who is now running Ramshod as a top heel in WWE, what, 20 or 18 years later? Which is crazy the to think about. The storyline's still going 18 years later, Kevin. Carry on. Yeah, literally, Dominic's talking about how he wishes he was Eddie's son, <laughs> just like this past Friday on SmackDown. Incredible. Incredible stuff. This match, flawless. It's a great match. I, I would say this is a top... I think you could say it's a top 50 wrestling match of all time. I think you could put it in, in that conversation. <coughs> and then Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels. That is a top 15 match, in my opinion. Ever. I, I don't even think it's, it's debatable. If that's not in your top 15, I don't know if I could take your opinion on wrestling matches serious. Like, like it's just... That, that's the way I see it. It's just, it's objectively one of the best matches we've ever seen. 28 minute classic. These are two absolute best in ring technicians in their prime, at their best, having a wrestling match to see who the best in ring wrestler is. Very simple storyline. You know, it was similar to the Jericho Sean build, but not quite the same. Got some memorable moments leading up, like notably Kurt Angle and Sherry singing I'm, I'm a Sexy Kurt. An all-time comedy classic moment. Yeah, legendary. Absolutely. Do you agree with, with uh, what I've said about Ray and Eddie and Angle and Shawn Michaels so far? I, I think, yes. I think that's one of the absolute all-time great matches. I do. I agree. And would you put Ray and Eddie in your top 50 matches of all time? <laughs> I would not, but I don't have any negative things to say. It's just personal preference. Right. Yeah, but, but I mean, you could, you could debate it, you know, like you would listen to the argument. And that's so far, we got two top 50 matches, which not a lot of WrestleManias have, even the ones that we've covered. So that's big for it. Uh, the buy rate was, what, 1.9 million? One of the top five most purchased WrestleManias. Then you have 
the inaugural Money in the Bank match, star-studded Money in the Bank match, Edge, Kane, Jericho, Benjamin, Benoit, and Christian. Simple to the point. Maybe the best Money in the Bank match, the original, is the best, maybe. Then you have Undertaker and Randy Orton. So, I'm, go I'm going through the, the, let me go through the card in chronological order. Ray vs. Eddie. Money in the Bank. Inaugural Money in the Bank match. Then you go right to Undertaker and Randy Orton. That is an incredible flow. The Undertaker and Randy Orton match at the time, I don't know if a lot of people thought it was great, but in hindsight, a lot of people look at it very well regarded. Some people would even argue that's a top 50 WrestleMania, or wrestling match of all time. <coughs> I wouldn't, but some people would. Uh, then, yeah, you have Trish Stratus versus Christy Hemi. Four-minute match for the women's title. Was what it was. Nothing memorable there. Um, yeah, the Angle Michaels already covered that. You know, you had Aki Bono versus Big Show. Whatever. I mean, this is a eight-match card. That's it. This is an eight-match card. That's literally the only match that sucked. Six matches were really good, and then Trish and Christy Hemi was pretty good. Then you had what? One, two, three, four great matches on this card with the Money in the Bank, yeah. Taker Orton, Ray Eddy, and Kern and Sean. And then the main events was Cena and JBL. Cena winning the WWE title, becoming the face of SmackDown. Batista beating Triple H after a really good storyline with Evolution and Young Lion versus Old Lion, even though they're the same age. <laughs> and Batista winning the belt. Show going off the air with Batista holding the big gold belt. What a, a heavyweight champion <coughs> is supposed to look like in the minds of a lot of people. And both yep. guys, Cena and Batista. Cena was still liked. Batista was liked. And th this, bro, this WrestleMania is flawless, bro. Flawless. It's an absolute Mount Rushmore WrestleMania. Well, you just, you listed a four with the sumo match, but I didn't view that as a match. That was like that that felt that popcorn to me break. Like five minute bathroom break segment. That wasn't even. I didn't really count that. So yeah, that's a popcorn break. Yeah. No, twenty one was great. It continued this trend of yeah, seventeen, nineteen, then twenty one. Um, all those shows just every other year were just all timers. Uh, yeah, I don't have much else to add. You did a very good job summarizing that show. With 21, I just think significance of those main events, flow of the show, basically all hits, no misses, and the theme of the show. So, yeah, Mount Rushmore, WrestleMania, 21. And, and I love the Hollywood skits, too. They were fantastic. And I'm glad WWE is doing them again this year for the WrestleMania Goes Hollywood again. Hell, hell, you excited to see Johnny Gargano play uh, one of Snow White's Seven Dwarves? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I can't wait, pal. Jeez. Okay. All right, now, so you had so, this WrestleMania fourth. Yeah, I had this four, you had this three. Right, and I had WrestleMania 10 fourth. And okay. I, I'll make my case why, I get just briefly, why WrestleMania 10 is in my Mount Rushmore. That the significance of the two matches involved impacted wrestling from an in-ring standpoint. Because those matches were way ahead of their time. Both of them, Brett and Owen, and Razor and Shawn. Razor Sean influenced an era of wrestling that has now evolved to the point where we have like death matches now on pay-per-view and major wrestling companies. But, you know, it's not all Razor and Sean's fault, but Razor and Sean started it with the ladder match. Yeah. And that match changed the way mainstream wrestling was perceived. Up until that point, we didn't really see weapons in the ring a lot. In WWE TV at least. It was not very common. And a ladder match had never been done before. 
And then we get TLC matches. You know, Hell in a Cell matches. Money in the Bank ladder matches. We saw what the Edge Christian and the uh, Edge Christian and the Hardys and the Dudleys did. Because that ladder match spawned it all. It's the granddaddy of all the crazy ladder matches, TLC matches, everything that we've seen, all the, the raising the stakes. And then yep. Brett and Owen showed that two good technical wrestlers could be showcased on a WrestleMania, on an all-time great WrestleMania. That paved the way for guys like Angle and Benoit to have Matt Classics in the middle of WrestleMania 17. For Kurt and Sean <coughs> to do what they did. That, that was the first match of its kind that I can think of. Where it was like, okay, we're just going to show who the two best in-ring wrestlers were. And on top of that, it had an all-time great story in Brother versus Brother. The, the jealous younger brother being jealous of his older brother who was the bigger star. Classic storyline. One of my favorite storylines. It's cut from the same cloth of the Ray and Eddie storyline. Not as over the top, but it's cut from the same cloth. I, I, that, but yeah, that, the significance of those two matches and that show is why I have 10 in my Mount Rushmore. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, to me, I think it's no secret what one and two are. Um, for me, number three and what sentimentally to me is a Mount Rushmore WrestleMania. And you, you'll probably be surprised by this, but if you've you know, listened to me talk for years now, it really won't be. I've got WrestleMania 28 as my number three. Um, for this one, I mean, we talked about the buy rate. It was the most bored WrestleMania of all time. The hype for this show was through the roof. I felt they delivered. Um, WrestleMania is the showcase of the Immortals. That's the whole theme of this. And to have Cena versus The Rock when they're both near enough in their prime. Granted, Rock was still a tiny bit rusty, but the build for this was unlike any other match in WrestleMania history. This, at the time, really did feel like the, the biggest match ever. And, like, I didn't grow up watching Hogan versus Andre. I, I can only imagine that was similar with the, the sort of hype, the, the sort of, oh, my God, I need to see that sort of feeling. Um, and maybe, yeah, some other matches as, as we've listed before. But, yeah, this this Cena Rock match, the build, the hype, all of it. I mean, it showed, it showed from the buy rate. I love that match, everything to do with it. I thought it was great. I love the shock of The Rock winning. Everyone thought Cena would just win. But The Rock won, which was nuts. Um, I mean, you discussed the end of an era match earlier with Undertaker and Triple H and how that was just, that's a match you could show anyone. That's a match which the, the story to it, the emotion to it, the stars involved. You've got literally Mr. WrestleMania as the referee, Triple H, who <laughs> runs the company now, one of the all-time greats, and The Undertaker, who was 19 no at WrestleMania coming in. So that was just a phenomenal hour of the show. Loved every part of that. And Punk and Jericho, I really enjoyed that. Everything to do with that, the storyline, I enjoyed for the most part. Some segments are a bit iffy, um, but just generally the whole thing of Jericho going after CM Punk, he got really personal in the build, bringing up the sister, bringing up the father, bringing up the alcoholism, all this sort of thing, calling him out for not being really straight edge, calling him a fraud, CM Punk standing up for himself. It was Punk's best like actual storyline in the 434-day run. There was a lot of not great stuff. This was the best part of the reign, so... That was great. Those three matches, yes, fairly top-heavy, but just the hype to them, the buy rate I touched on before. I love the theme of this show. I love the fact that it was in Miami. I love the theme song. Um, I love Invincible being used by MGK and all the music they used with it. Um, I thought, yeah, hype is through the roof. It had moments. Obviously, the opener with Daniel Bryan and Sheamus is just a shocking moment, 18 seconds for the world title match. 
And it really did lead to what you discussed before with WrestleMania 30 and the Daniel Bryan moment. This was like the starting point for that for Daniel Bryan. So, yeah, just all around, I love the show. I've got Mount Rushmore. I know you put this at 10, and that's fair. I understand. I'm not going to yell at you for that. I just think this show is just sensational. I can't tell you how upset I am to this day, till this day, that I did not go to this WrestleMania. Literally, it's in Miami. It's like 45 minutes from where I live. So upset to this day I did not go, bro. Like, wow. I, I just, I don't know. I didn't, I, I was sleeping on it, you know? Because they announced tickets, like, what, like, seven months beforehand? Yeah. I didn't know that Cena and Rock were going to have a wrestling, <laughs> a wrestling match. I didn't know. Like, I knew, but I didn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, oh, it's happening, but I, do I really care that much? And they didn't really build it much by then. Yeah. Like I, like, I know that we had WrestleMania 27, Rock announced that he's going to face Cena, but, like, Rock is a Hollywood star. Like, is he really going to wrestle Cena? Like, is that real? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> I mean, this show, 28 was so good. They used a whole WrestleMania with WrestleMania 27 <laughs> as build. The 28. Oh, my God. Thank you for that. If that bro. doesn't tell you what it's about. Like, WWE knew 28 was a <laughs> big all-timer WrestleMania. The, the WWE themselves know it. And Yeah, they, yeah, they threw just, away a whole WrestleMania just to prove how big WrestleMania 28 is. Vince McMahon had The Miz run out in the main event, pushing pool floats, <laughs> dancing and shimmying with Alex Riley. Oh, man. Because they knew that show meant nothing. <laughs> WrestleMania 28, the next year in Miami. 45 minutes from you, pal, is where it's at. Uh, so upset that I didn't go, bro. Literally. Wow. Man, jeez. I wish I could have yeah. gone. I should have yeah, gone. Yeah, like, I will hear, like, battle, like, understand you want to make the counterpoint of, you know, the undercard, maybe the flow for the first hour wasn't as good as some other WrestleManias. I get it. I'll hear that happily. Um, but just generally, the really, the two and a half to three hours of main events for this show were just seamless. So yeah, that's that's my that's my point of view with it. I have it Mount Rushmore for me. Um, not to say everyone has to, but to me it is. I wonder how many people will agree with you with that. It's like I, like just doing a little bit of re- like deep diving and seeing like what other websites and other journalists and fans rank WrestleManias. Twenty eight didn't really come up a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> like I feel like the general consensus, like if we did a poll, I guess maybe one of us should do this on Twitter take a poll and see where people would rank at 28 my feeling is that people would put it like in the 10 to 12 range right but what, what do you think i think people put it like 10 to 15 i think you should tweet this because your account gets way more engagements just i think this would be an interesting one to see uh i think i've got this really the highest you can possibly rank it no one's putting 28 as the all-time great wrestlemania if you, if you do you, you shouldn't have an opinion <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't know. I just well, this show it's it's a bit sentimental as well. This is like my first proper WrestleMania being invested, and WWE had once in a lifetime, which was at the time seeing those promos where you got Cena and The Rock, who'd been both top guys in the company for like six years at a time, respectively. These megastars going at it, it it felt like oh my god, like th- this is just unbelievable. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's number three for me. And yeah, we can move on to the top two, I guess. Well, let me ask you real quick before we move on. Yeah. Yeah, does it hurt this WrestleMania long term that, you know, 11 months later, Vince McMahon was just like, here we go, pal. Twice in a lifetime. You're getting yes. Cena Rock again. Yes. Yeah, that 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 is like a, a stain because the aftermath. 
If, if Kevin, if they did a WrestleMania 29, literally anything else, people look back on 28 more fondly, but people just look back on this and go, oh, twice in a lifetime. Yeah, the Undertaker match was good. The Punk match was good. Yeah, good mania. Not that special. That's, that's how people look back on this, so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so my number two, and if you listen to our uh, debate of, of these, uh, these two WrestleManias here, because you already know what, what's coming. You know, for me, I have WrestleMania 17 at number two. <coughs> WrestleMania's all time. And I know you have it number one. Yeah. And you can't go wrong. I have WrestleMania 19 number one. You can't go wrong either way. Uh, WrestleMania 17 has one top 50 match or two. Yeah, we'll say two. It has two top 50 wrestling matches of all time. What do you think? How many, how many top 50 wrestling matches of all time can we have, pal? I feel like we named 50 already. No, we, we, <laughs> we've only named, like, we named like 20, let's be fair. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think TLC 2 objectively is. Top 15. And I'd say the, the Rock and Austin match, significance alone puts it up there, but it was just a great match. It was a, it was a fantastic main event WrestleMania match. So I'd have that there. I know you say it says not a five-star match, but yeah. Yeah, you got, uh, you got TLC 2, which is objectively top 15 all time. You, you, you can't debate it, pal. This is another one. The influence of this match is still felt to this day. Talking about car crash wrestling. I mean, this was one of the first that we saw on mainstream television. The first one was uh, the, the triangle ladder match from SummerSlam 2000. And yeah, I mean, you look at this card. We already ran through the, the, this entire card. Yeah, we, we've, done, we've done this as a three-hour podcast, but yeah, carry on. Yeah, top to bottom... This is what an 11 match card let's see so you had one two three four five six <coughs> seven out of the 12 matches were really good if not yeah. great and then you had what one two three really big time big fight feel wrestlemania matches and that's shane and vince Edge, Christian, the Dudleys, and the Hardys, and Austin Rock. I would say those are the three cornerstones of this WrestleMania. Yeah, The Undertaker and Triple H co-main evented, but the storyline for that match was, oh my god, Kane is going to kill Stephanie McMahon. To get William Regal to give Undertaker a match with Triple H. Yeah. So I wouldn't say the build for that match was worthy of like a, as big of a fight as the match was. The match, I mean, you got Undertaker, American Badass Taker, you got Triple H in his absolute apex with Motorhead screaming him down to the ring. The match delivered. Great match. Uh, part of it that hurts the, this match's legacy is the fact that Taker and Triple H had two all-time classics a decade later. And the fact that the build was really poor. But that we already talked about the build-up for Shane and Vince, I mean... Yeah, yeah. 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 Go listen to the other show if you want to hear a yeah. full breakdown of that. Oh. Yeah, yikes. Woo. Yeah, I mean, that's like, uh, that that match damn near ended WWE, pal. That, that almost caused the sponsors to pull out of WWE, pal. So yeah, I mean, what do you want to say about 17? I know this is um, your number one. I just want to say, just with these two, I mean, they're both very, very much on par, as we discussed in that big show <coughs> that you guys enjoyed listening to, which, yeah, some feedback from that I've already seen come through, really positive, so I appreciate that. Um, to me, I've got 17 at one. 19 and 2. Uh, I think I went over this in the podcast we did comparing them, but really the main thing, I look at the blemishes of each show because there's so much good on both that it's not like some of these other WrestleManias where you name the good and you compare that. 
with these shows, you just kind of name the faults because there's not many. And that's kind of how I separate them. Uh, to me, WrestleMania 19 was four of them. It was the Booker T and especially the ending to that match, but really the storyline, very questionable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Austin's health. Yeah, it wasn't... If he was like 100%, that, that would have been much better. Uh, the botch ending with Brock nearly killing himself and then The Undertaker's position on the show. Wrestling second versus A-Train and Big Show. It's a bit a bit not great. Um, now look at WrestleMania 17. As we as you just discussed, the story with Triple H and The Undertaker was very questionable. The ending, very questionable. And Vince McMahon and everything that encompassed the, the Trish stuff. And, and wait, wait, when you say ending, you're referring to Stone Cold and Vince shaking hands, right? Yes, yes, as we discussed. A very, very debated, questionable ending that may or may not have ruined wrestling for the next ever. It did. Definitely did. So you have three major flaws with WrestleMania 17, correct? Yeah, yeah. Well, really, I mean, the Take a Triple H story to me isn't a major flaw. Like, I thought it was just a bit like, eh. I mean, there's been, be- there's been better wrestling stories, but there's been much worse. Especially involving Triple H, like I, think, I, I, I was- think the fact that WWE creatively had nothing to do with either one of these guys, yeah. it was just like here we're gonna throw them together, put them in a match. I think that's a bigger flaw. Yeah, I think you can put this the, the flaws the WrestleMania set every flaw of WrestleMania seventeen objectively involves Vince McMahon. So yeah, yeah, facts. Because um, <laughs> you know his match, everything that encompassed that, that nearly got them like, literally fully cancelled in two thousand and one. <laughs> You've got the ending where he's involved. You've got the booking of Undertaker and Triple H. So that's all Vince McMahon issues. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, they're like WrestleMania 19, you look at the flaws. Triple H and Booker T, that's on par with the, the Vince and Stephanie, or Vince and Trish and Stephanie stuff. Yeah, I would say that those are on par. Uh, I, I'll push back a little bit on the, the Brock Lesnar botch. I wouldn't consider that's a flaw. That that's part of the memorability of this show, just watching Brock Lesnar attempt a shooting star press, nearly kill himself and only suffer a concussion. It's crazy, and it didn't affect the match. The match was still great, but one of the ten best WrestleMania main events of all time. Yeah. Um. So I would push back on that. And then, yeah, I mean Undertaker's placement on the card is indefensible. It, there's nothing that I could even say or anyone could say uh, undertaker needed the help of australia's finest nathan jones to defeat a jobber in lord tensai at big show like that's that's truly awful how did mark calloway not walk out how did he not protest this pal <coughs> and then yeah i mean rocket austin yeah austin was at poor health but they still put on a, a really great match Worthy of of what those two can do. It was a classic Rock Austin match. A lot of brawling, a lot of punching, kicking, stomping a mud hole. Just like a, a wrestling match that looks like that looks like a simulated fight. And it was well done. That's what those two guys are really good at. Austin in particular. Neither one of those guys, you know, work rate technicians. They're not gonna have a match on the level of Kurt Angle and Sean. And Austin didn't really need to be in perfect health to do that. You know, to have a, a yeah. classic brawl style match. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's so in- indefensible. The Triple H and Booker T scenario, just yeah, tough to look back on. Twenty years later, really tough to look back on. But yeah, I mean, I I rank WrestleMania nineteen higher 
uh, just because I feel like this show was had less filler, um, and it I think it flowed a little better, and I really love that turning point where it's just like from matches five, six, seven, eight, and nine, it's just <coughs> big match after big match. Starts with Sean and Jericho, which I would say is a top fifteen wrestling match of all time. Then you get Triple H and Booker T was what it was, but you know, storyline aside and ending aside, still two pretty big stars, two Hall of Famers. It was a good match for the first like seventeen minutes and thirty seconds. Um Hogan and Vince, which was the absolute focal point of the promotion for this show, and part of the reason why it was a pay per view flop. Uh, nevertheless, it was still a great match. They still delivered. I wouldn't say that's like a top 50 match or anything. Nothing like that. Not going to get crazy. <laughs> On the Rocket Stone Cold, if you want to argue that this is a top 50 wrestling match, I would listen to you. Same with Brock and Kurt Angle. Yep. So you have like one certified top 15 wrestling match of all time. You have two that could be argued as top 50 so that's similar. That's pretty much the same as seventeen, right? You got two matches could be argued as top fifty, and one that is undoubtedly in the top fifty. Um, it, it's it's just so close in terms of memorable uh, memorable moments at nineteen. You're not gonna spend too much time, but Rock nearly yeah. killing himself, Austin's last match, Rock going off to Hollywood, just that whole storyline concluding. That was like the final act of the Attitude Era. Yep. You know, Sean getting low blowed by Jericho, the hug, all that stuff. And then these are two WrestleManias. These are the two WrestleManias that I would show to my friends and family. If I want to show people that don't really like wrestling, I want to convince them, show them why wrestling isn't all bad and all fake and all phony bullshit. These are the first two shows that I'm going to show them. Pal, you want to show them uh, WrestleMania 30 with the Vicky Guerrero Divas Invitational? Oh my god. This guy. No. But yeah, pal, also, I just want to say, this is almost unrelated, but it is, it's related to WrestleMania 19 and my, my whole gimmick. Can I just say, Nathan Jones may be the most interesting, like, person. Like, I'm, I'm, while you're saying this, I'm having a look at his Wikipedia, because this is kind of unrelated, but it's actually interesting. He was literally sentenced to eight different armed robberies performed in Australia when he was, like, you know, he was, like, my age, basically. And he was in prison, and then he became, like, a, a powerlifting champion and, like, world strongman because of taking steroids. And then he was a mixed martial artist, and then he looked to do WWE, but he couldn't go to the United States because his visa wouldn't allow it because of his criminal history. Then WWE, you know, shadily brought him in, and then Wrestling Observer Newsletter voted him the worst wrestler and most embarrassing wrestler of 2003. And then he retired. Wow. And, and then that, Kevin, then two thousand eight, five years later, he makes a he got signed by TNA, but then nerve damage caused by a cement truck hitting his left arm sidelined him for the first three months. Then he never wrestled for the promotion and left. That's Nathan Jones. That might be the most interesting person ever in wrestling. That sounds like a wrestling uncovered video if I ever heard one. <laughs> That's incredible. He performed eight armed robberies on Bogger <laughs> Road. Kevin, Hello. you need to do a wrestling uncovered on that guy, but. Yeah, you used to do like wrestling's forgotten man or something. I don't know, but nonetheless, Kevin, back to the topic of the the, the podcast. I've got WrestleMania nineteen number two, seventeen one. You've got what? Yeah, you know, nineteen at one, seventeen two. So, yeah, there you go. 
There you go. All right, so I'm gonna run through my top ten list just one time, one more time. At ten, yeah. I have twenty eight. Nine, I have three. Eight, twenty two. Seven, twenty three. Six, twenty four. Five, WrestleMania thirty. Four, WrestleMania ten. Three, WrestleMania twenty one. Two, WrestleMania seventeen, and one, WrestleMania nineteen. Yep. Love it. I've got at uh, number ten. I've got WrestleMania fourteen. At number nine, I've got WrestleMania twenty. At number eight, I've got WrestleMania three. Uh, number seven, I've got WrestleMania 23. Number six, I've got 10. Number five, I've got 24. Number four, I've got 21. Number three, I've got 28. And then number two, WrestleMania 19. And then number one, 17, pal. There you go, pal. Here we are. We made it to the end of this discussion, pal. Pal, we're producing WrestleMania bangers right here. So, yeah, th- this, this show will drop about a week and a, you know, week and a half to WrestleMania. Uh, next week, look out for our WrestleMania 39 preview and predictions. It's going to be a whole special show, and ma- there may be a debate in there as well. Waits to be seen. There you go, pal. This was fantastic. We'll talk to you guys on the next one. Peace!